went to put my phone down and I accidentally hit the eject button on my PS3. <gasps> oh. So here is my disc of uh, Dirge of Cerberus. It wanted out. It's finally over. Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII, exactly. Yeah, mine uh, hasn't left my sleeve since I played it <laughs> for, before the season. I just hold up my whole laptop and be like, mine's in here somewhere. So I think for, you know, just the due diligence of the podcast, now that I have the disc in my hand, uh, I want to mention that around the, uh, the the circumference of the... Uh, uh, the the peri- the perimeter uh, I, I I am dumb as hell so I don't know math terms no you were right, you were right both times <laughs> around <laughs> that there are small letterings that says licensed by Sony Computer Entertainment for play on PlayStation Two Computer Entertainment I'm just kidding I'm not gonna go through all of it <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of text on here it, it it'd be cool if there was like a Kojima moment where on the actual CD itself oh, shit. it had some <laughs> deep lore stuff. It had a number that you could like dial into a radio to talk to Shelk. <laughs> Unauthorized copying, reproduction, rental, public performance, oh. <laughs> or broadcast. Sorry, speedrunners. I'm just emulating it like Uh-oh, a Chad. Guys, so. I think we're in trouble. <laughs> oh, you're right. A public performance. You're not allowed to do that. No, no running this game that, on Twitch. Wait, it really says that, doesn't it? My God broadcasted this game well, well we're gonna have to cancel the plans for our dirge service stage play we're, we're gonna have to cancel our plans for next season because uh i think each of us individually are going to jail we're going <laughs> we're being sent back to 2006 copyright jail and uh <laughs> we'll see you all in hell thank you so much for listening <laughs> speaking of which i don't know if i don't know if we should leave this in or take this out but uh, is this our last episode or is this two to last yeah about last i uh, think we'll we see could... i guess i mean it's the last chapter of the uh the, the aforementioned dirge of cerberus final fantasy 7 on the playstation 2 from 2006 <laughs> sony entertainment never heard Computer of it <laughs> of america <laughs> <laughs> i feel like okay so when i when i woke up today which was about 30 minutes ago and I was incredibly tired and I got on this call with you all and I couldn't say anything because my voice was blown out. I felt ill prepared to do a podcast, but now that we have gotten a good like 30, 40 minutes in of just like screaming about the future of the universe, I am ready Hell to yeah. tackle these demonic elements in Dirge of Cerberus. We got our start running up that hill and now we are fucking ready to make a deal with God. <laughs> shaking our fist yeah (laughs) i'm looking at what was in theaters when this game came out oh nice a little uh a little calling all creeps kind of a situation so you just got back from your uh fifth watch of clerks 2 who didn't (laughs) wait that's fucking trippy i remember seeing clerks 2 in theaters and it does not seem like it was the same time that i could have gotten (laughs) dirge of cerberus final fantasy 7 (laughs) Or uh, maybe you were watching the Ant Bully or Cars, the first one. The first Damn, Cars, this, eh? Wow. This game was developed in a pre-Cars society. And I think that's <laughs> beautiful. Corey, <laughs> Corey is celebrating right now as he hears that. <laughs> We've got to go back. Um, but yeah, we, uh, what, 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 would we, what did we just do? I think we just kicked uh, we beat up Vice's ass and Vice... Got we beat up Hojo Vice, yeah. Yeah, we got real mad at the story. <laughs> then- <laughs> Hojo got evicted by uh, Nero. By yeah, Nero they- and also by death. <laughs> by double death. <laughs> this time it's real, maybe. Reformatted or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Nero and him like combined. And then- Nero ran the disc a defragmenter on, uh, on Vice to... Uh- Nor an antivirus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I think to some extent, even though we've beaten Vice, 
they kind of succeeded, right? Like they like Omega has kind of been summoned. Yeah, I mean, Nero's- yeah, all this pure, all this pure Mako juice is all gathered, and uh, yeah, Vice Nero go to join him. I guess they they've already summoned yeah. it to like to channel its energy somehow. Right, right. Yeah, I I think like Nero's ultimate plans are kind of you know have reached uh, fruition like he got his brother back so yeah, yeah nero's ultimate plan was hang out with my bro more <laughs> so <laughs> he did indeed su- succeed in they're that. going to finally see clerks too to see what happened to dante <laughs> <laughs> vice wants to see clerks too but nero wants to see cars <laughs> but yeah um there's a there's a brilliant flash of light inside the uh, the mako reactor right um, and our scene kind of comes up outside, right? Like we're outside of Midgard. There's not, um, there's, there's no more like ships flying around in the air. There's no more like guns going off or anything like that. But we do see some wild shit go down outside of Midgar. Or well, I guess in Midgar. We see a ship crashing, but we're outside Midgar spiraling and all the reactors are, well, reacting. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they, uh, it, it looks like, I guess to me, like... All of the Mako from the different reactors are being like sucked out of them in those giant pipes that we see in, in uh, the original FF7 up into the toward the center building toward Shinra building. Yeah, so I don't know if they go explicitly into detail in throughout the story of this game. They may have, and I just completely missed it because I'm again dumb as hell. But uh, I think the the way that Mako Reactor Zero works, like in the fiction of this world, is that it is being powered by all of the surrounding ones. Like they have mm-hmm. rerouted the power in an attempt to uh, create Omega or revive Omega or however it is. And boy, have they. They sure did. Theoretically, yeah, they have like shut down all the connections, but that still doesn't stop Omega from still using it, it seems. Yeah, right. and I think that the mission that Cloud and all the, you know, the the regular homies are uh, on right now is to destroy the reactors surrounding it to cut off power to Mako Reactor Zero. Right. Which actually, I was going to say... When I looked at the cutscene, I think only like five of the reactors end up powering it. So I was wondering, I was like, oh, I guess they got like three of them down, which it wasn't enough. But yeah, I think they did take some down. Yeah, I see. I'm not sure how it was powered. Like, I mean, there's six, six or seven tendrils we see. But yeah. Oh, is there maybe tendrils? Yeah, it's hard to, it's to tell. It's very glowy. Okay. Can't believe Curtis would say something in, incorrect, factually incorrect on this podcast. Well, now that I've said it, it has become correct. <laughs> but uh, this FMV rules. Um, oh, it's cool as shit. It's really good. We see kind of these, from the center of Midgar, presumably Reactor Zero, we see almost look like lightning-filled tornadoes spiraling into each other, like a triple helix almost. Yeah. Damn. And <laughs> as um, these almost like, I don't know, ethereal wires or ropes come and like join it with all the reactors just bust through the sides of them like just ignoring it like yeah there's we don't need wires we got love it when they're busting like that always be we got some cool some sort of god cables god cables well we now have our episode title so (laughs) sounds like a like a an x-men alternate comic in the 90s (laughs) like now cable is a god (laughs) but the uh, triple helix we see Above it is a cloud, and suddenly, in a big burst of energy, it um, it apparates into Omega. Omega's yeah. risen, yeah. and it's a fucking cool kaiju with, you know, the three spirally kind of te- tentacle legs. Omega is an Evangelion. I don't know what the robots are called, so I call them Evangelions. Oh, yeah, the Ava units? There you go. They're a big weapon. The colors are cool. It's very, um, has two giant, like, 
almost same as Aaron's sh- shoulders, but with uh, pauldrons, you might say. <laughs> Perhaps a pauldron or two. <laughs> pauldrons that it got from Paul Jerome's Palderdome. <laughs> oh, boy. And it has four wings. Yeah, it's it's pretty badass looking. I mean, it's very much a weapon. You know, it's it's very stylized like the weapons from FF7. Yeah. Um, Where it has the very mech. Yeah. The mech kaiju looking uh, head. Yeah. Much like we've seen before. Which, you know what? Now that I see this guy, I have to agree with Hojo. We should ride this shit through the stars. That would be Thing comfy as hell. <laughs> Sounds real pleasant. I, I wasn't into it when I thought that we would just be like a laser beam of light energy flying through the stars. That's lame. Yeah. But a giant mech dragon. All right. I'm, I'm behind it now. I, I <laughs> I'm <wish>, with you. <laughs> I wish we were back in 2006 when Adobe flash was still a thing. And when I still had <laughs> any kind of drive to do anything so that I could try and make a flash game where you're just on Omega flying through the stars, and have to, like, <laughs> avoid comets or something like you can make flappy bird in a, in yeah, 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 studio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I it's just Omega iOS. with the DuckTales moon l- level. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, good <laughs> but yeah um and um notably we were still in the reactor when omega was formed so R. R. P. Uh, yuffie i guess <laughs> yeah fucking fuck yuffie but uh <laughs> but um we get kind of like a a shot inside of Omega's body, and then Vincent's in there. He's uh, he's like screaming in pain and shit. He's like, ah. He's gone full uh, sicko chaos mode. Oh, he is in chaos mode. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And he, uh, importantly, he like breaks free of Omega and flies upward and explodes Omega's head as he like <laughs> flies out of it. So like we just saw Omega, and now it's already been like decapitated and exploded. Yeah, he's it's cool. He's again. It shatters like glass, but then it retracts back into like a solid shape again. It reforms. Yeah, yeah he's looking extremely Mobius while he's doing it, too. <laughs> I have I don't, everyone's favorite film. I know what that is, but I don't <laughs> Mobius. You know about it. Is it Mobius or Morbius? Morbius. Well, listen, I think Fuck I Jared think what Leto. Carl meant. Hold on. <laughs> Let me make sure of this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like Jared Legos. Jared Legos, my favorite Mor- Morpheus. I, I think what uh, I think what Carl was referring to was Mobius Final Fantasy, the episodic uh-huh. role-playing game developed for iOS, Android, and PC. Perhaps a, a quick little foreshadow yeah, to right. next season. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Should we do? A, should we do a quick curveball and just change our plans and <laughs> yeah. do Final Fantasy Mobius? But yeah, but uh, he explodes the he he blows his mind and uh, escapes. But he's still like freaking out. Like Vincent is clearly not in control, right? Yeah, maybe. Kate, uh, you know. Yeah, I think <laughs> well, he he's, just be, he's he just be floating in the air screaming. So like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's in it looks not good. <laughs> After all the shit that Vincent had to go through, I'd probably want to do the same thing. If I had an outlet to do so. Yeah, that's fair enough. It probably stings. But, um, so he's, he's flipping out and, uh, we see Shelk who's still in the uh, deep ground, right? Like she's still in the, um, the location that we left her in. Omega has awoken and chaos has been drawn out of the shadows to serve as a counterbalance or so it would seem. However, yeah, they draw a lot of conclusions. I was going to say, I was like, Okay, so Chaos has popped out multiple times during this game, not as a fucking counterbalance to Omega. I think you might be reading into that a little bit. It's like bit. with Hojo with the whole, like, 
tainted life stream pure one. I was like, that's a lot to extrapolate. I mean, yeah, I guess, yeah, it is. I guess with Shelk, if anyone's going to extrapolate, it's her because she like you know has a USB sticking out of her brain that just has all of like Lucrezia's and <laughs> Vincent's memories and like you know she's like she's seen some shit, so she she probably knows. I, I trust her. I think she's the well, expert on this one. Well, she becomes uh, tired of the situation and decides to play some VR games. Um, God bless her heart. <laughs> I love this fucking steampunk ass like solution. She always just like this doesn't look like a VR headset at all. It looks oh like yeah. <laughs> she goes over this machine that's just like has gears and shit. It looks like she's has like a jet engine above her head. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a, get sucked into the turbine. It's, it's, like it's fucking <laughs> Sherry Bobbins. <laughs> <laughs> It's, like it's, this gross, it's, moldy looking chair, like from Half Life Two. <laughs> it's steampunk VR. It's like doesn't have any like chips in it. It's just gears and like whistles <laughs> and stuff. God, your fucking hair gets caught in it and just like <laughs> rips out of your head. Ugh. You go in the salon and just like putting those hair dryers over my head. But then it's she like, says, I'm, "Like I'm doing a neural net dive." <laughs> How many how many ladies in 2006 were going to the hair salon, putting the thing on, and pretending like they were doing neural net dyes? It could be anywhere from 1 to 1.5 million, which is how many copies this game has sold worldwide. We're calling of- shulk fever. <laughs> it's middle-aged women across America flood to their local salons. <laughs> Sounds kind of nice, actually. Yeah. You come out and your hair looks real nice. Yeah, looking like shulk. Yeah, so she's shulk says, with rollers in her hair. So I hate like <laughs> I think it's kind of dumb, but the game does set this up though. So I was like, <laughs> all right, game, I'll give this one to you because she does say earlier in the game that like, oh yeah, I can dive into people's consciousness because consciousness is a network. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Which, the like, consciousness is in her so it's just like i guess mm. it goes both ways well at the time i was very like eye rolly and like i guess i still am but she does say here she's like oh well all the souls that are inside of omega they're also a virtual network or whatever so i can dive into them and i was like well all right sure why not but uh it, it does make me if i could physically dive into a network i would stay far the fuck away from it <laughs> it does make me wonder though about the nature of the synaptic net dive with the scene that's getting ready to play out right so she says uh uh, in theory the souls that exist inside omega should act as a type of virtual network it wouldn't be impossible maybe i could and then she puts on the helmet vincent be grateful that i not only uploaded lucretia's thoughts but her wishes and dreams as well uplink successful commencing synaptic neural net dive (laughs) not only did i download her her thoughts but i i stuffed my pocket filled with her dreams (laughs) You wouldn't download a Lucrezia. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she like appears in the sky. And here's the question I have, right? Is that like, I have assumed that when she does her synaptic neural net dive, she is just like a digital representation of herself. She's just Nero jacking into the matrix. Yeah, yeah. but apparently she's like actually a physical thing too, somehow. Who can like affect the world around her? I mean, Hojo did it. I mean, maybe it's ma- Matrix rules. If you die in the video game, you die in real life. Just like, but it's the, both the real life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you did miss a very important line that she says, Uh-oh. Chris. If you could read it. it, she says uplink successful, and then what does she say after that? Okay, she didn't say commencing synaptic neural dive. She said SND. SND's nuts. Oh god, dude. 
Well, I'll leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I've never been so owned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so she like appears in front of Omega and like dives into Omega to do something. To, you know. To help Vincent. To whatever. But uh, luckily, she does find something there. There is a uh, a woman whose face is obscured. I think mean, it's Lucrezia, but like her yeah. her face is obscured, and she's like in like white robes. She finds this like floating vision of this woman inside of Omega, who is holding the proto materia. Yes, Probably? I believe yeah. it's supposed to be like the one that uh, Chaos uses because yeah, or not Chaos. Uh, Omega, Jesus Christ, okay, I can't keep okay. this shit straight. Yeah, I think it's like uh-huh. there's another proto materia. Like actually, Chaos so and- I oh god. I extrapolated this um, last week. I probably cut it out, but um, so tracking the proton material, Vincent had it like taken out of him by Rosso, and I think up until we see Vice, Vice actually has it, um, okay. and we see it drop from him when he goes into. We actually get a quick glimpse. We thought it was holy. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, no, I do remember that. Yeah, but for some reason, it was very clear. Like I thought for some reason, Azul had. I thought Azul yeah. had it, but I think he just yoinked his like barrier material because we, as we recall, he does oh, have like. Okay. A, yeah, I guess it wouldn't really make sense for Azul to have the proto materia at all. But yeah, it was very unclear of like what was happening there. So like, wait, where? So he's now he's able to be a chaos again. So he, that means he has the proto materia again. But no, he doesn't have the proto materia. Okay. Yeah, the the animators spent a lot of time uh, mastering that image of vincent ripping a ball out of someone so they're like well we got to use it, it more than more than is <laughs> narratively uh useful so throw it so, in with azul as well yeah, so successfully delivers it to vice and then when vice went into the live stream it fell into the mako and now is inside yeah omega, uh, omega currently it's like boo boo maggie simpson has it for a while and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah Shouts trying to buy it off of <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she gets the uh, the proto materia from Lucrezia, right? Or like Lucrezia's soul, I guess, which is inside of Omega at this point. And um, and there's like there's like black evil tendrils trying to grab her, right? Like while she's flying through the the live stream inside of Omega. Yeah. Um, but she's able to escape it, and for the second time in like a single minute, blows up Omega's head. This dude, <laughs> <laughs> this dude just cannot win. He's been alive for like 10 minutes. And he just keeps getting his fucking dome popped. Is it, he's like the fucking alien in, in Men in Black that's just constantly having his head blown up. <laughs> I forget the actor's name. Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes, I believe so. When he needs water? Vincent Valentine? No, wait, is he the is he the guy who uh, is like the cockroach man? Yeah. No, 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 not him. He's the one who like is in the pawn shop and uh, oh, I know. Tommy Lee Jones shoots his head off, and then it grows back. I had an action figure of him when I was a kid. <laughs> but yeah, so this is what I was wondering though. Like, Shulk is able to physically grab. Yeah, we see Shulk blasting off and gives it. We see actually from like Vincent's point of view briefly that it's like it's Lucretia, or he sees Lucretia giving him, placing the proto material gingerly within his chest. Yeah. yeah, and then she gets. So she has to be a physical thing, right? Because she's able to like carry it. And then give it to Vincent. Yeah. yeah, maybe it was a turbine. Maybe they did just sloop Shulk and just launch her into fucking Omega. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's Mario it's like, I'm going to go on site for this one. They just put her in a cannon. <laughs> but then we see, uh, we get a very confusing, like, um, well, flashback and a bunch of text. Like, all the text is very weird and kind of rapid fire and odd throughout the next couple scenes, right? It's very impressionistic. Yeah. 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 Right before that, there is a very cool shot of Chaos Vincent uh, when he 
goes less sicko mode and more in control mode when he gets more the, focused uh, proto materia inside of him and you can see it on his face he's like goes from starling yeah, to being yeah. like <gasps> like the shocked pikachu that post materia clarity um but then <laughs> it's like as it's kind of like you know like pulling back like the camera's pulling back from him there's like a huge full moon and he's kind of just like you know bat wings like floating there in front of it it's pretty good he's like a little gargoyle yeah i'm always a sucker for that kind of shot <laughs> man that moon's real big yeah, we get a we get a flashback um, to pre punished Vincent back when he was a Turk, right? Yeah. Um, in the Shin, in the Shinra Manor, and it's and it's Lucretia trying to like save him, I guess, from either from being shot by Hojo, which we find out, or from being absorbed by chaos. One of the two, right? I think it's kind of both. Where I think we've learned that she, so we we saw her like come across like. Vincent on the floor after Hojo sh- shoots him. I think okay, maybe after Hojo does all these experiments with it, she basically tries to use chaos to like save him. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Basically, yeah, she right. she wants to save Vincent's life, um, and the only way that she can do it is it's like, well, I've been studying this thing that like is basically like a god and death ent- entity. <laughs> yeah, can maybe like preserve him to keep him from like dying. Right, right. Presumably, I mean, very poetically, she probably doesn't want to let. Vincent die like yeah, she doesn't want to kill Grimoire's or... entire line yeah you know? yeah exactly <laughs> um but she's kind of like talking to herself being like oh I have to do this oh and the tissue's already damaged and she's kind of like running around doing some work and Hojo comes in and he's like oh okay you're doing another experiment that's cool he's like real chill about it he's just like oh yeah you're experimenting on Vincent all right I got no problem with that that's sick <laughs> like, I was done with him yeah. yeah and she's like no I'm not experimenting on him like that's fucked up and she like kind of flips out on him and she's like screaming you're wrong about that um and then she kind of it, it looks like she like um self oh so maybe this is where she decides to maybe use chaos because she's maybe. like currently like trying to like save vincent's life and then she re- she thinks back to chaos I'm like oh right yeah and then I she says that. my oh, experiment experiment and then thinks of yeah using chaos i think maybe because we don't see the proto-materia in this flashback yet right 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 yeah but while all of that's happening it kind of just like fades to black and then there's a bunch of uh phrases that come by which is uh i found it with him that's why i couldn't save him proof never again I yeah. like this. It's kind of a just a big kind of overwhelming thing of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. all of these are playing at the same time, all of that text. Just undefragmented just emotions and thoughts and fragments, which is very effective, I think. It actually feels it reminds me a little bit of like FF seven stuff where like the text oh, yeah, 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 yeah. kind of plays around the screen. I forget where this happened, but maybe when we were exploring like um Cloud's memories. With cloud shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. I guess we did do a neural net dive with uh, Cloud at some point. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> In his mind zone. <laughs> to do the mind zone. Um, but then, yeah, we fade up and we do see when Lucrezia stumbles across. Hojo having shot. Yeah, Hojo with g- gun Hojo. <laughs> gun Hojo. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, we see we see the, the aftermath of Hojo shooting uh, Vincent, um, which which is really all that happens there. We just see that scene and then it goes back to um the black screen again yeah it shows her very upset about it obviously and she's saying things like you had his eyes like obviously she's reminiscing about grimoire um and saying right. like oh i pushed you away now i realize i never wanted to lose you it's very sad it's a very like i, I love kind of how complicated this relationship is because obviously i mean vincent had maybe feelings for lucretia lucretia maybe didn't originally have like romantic intentions yeah because like yeah. oh it's my it's basically my ex's son yeah my ex's yeah. son maybe i should stay away from this dude yeah, yeah. it's my favorite show on tlc <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that, but she felt like it was her duty to maybe save him. Right. We see uh, we see some scenes um, of Vincent in the test tube and Lucretia doing the experiments on him. Um, she says, uh, "I've done it, born of life stream, bringing it all together, stopping the imminent decay of tissue." Oh, but instead, and then we see a little bit of that black chaos energy inside the tube on him. Um, I see. We're kind of piecing together the 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 series of events that happened. It's kind of, I mean, I feel like a lot of this, we already know, like it's already been implied, but it's kind of just showing us little bits and pieces. I of feel it, like if we which, hadn't podcasted about it, I would have missed a lot of this stuff. Because yeah. Just how yeah. Much we just, it's so, so easy to miss unless we just kind True. of like sit and kind of, and it's such a quick playthrough of a game. If you're actually sitting down and not just thinking about it chapter by chapter and just playing yeah. through it. like, so I, I think it was really happening now is that because we have the proto materia back given to shelk by lucrezia like we're actually seeing a lot of those memories and everything that shelk was talking about uploading where she's like oh yeah i have all these memories and i have all of lucrezia's feelings and i think vincent's getting all of this all at once and so we're seeing like all these really quick shots of different scenes it did seem like when yeah when shelk was blasting out almost actually like a looks almost like a laser beam pierced him but it was just like snd laser (laughs) (laughs) so yeah he's getting probably blasted with some uh connotations and stuff or maybe even he's like has memories because he was he was there for a lot of this too yeah we see um when vincent's in the tube and he's taking in chaos that it's like not working properly at first and he's like freaking out about the animation not working where he's like no 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 no, no, no." when he's trying to bust out of the tube he's like angry and like writhing around in pain i'm just saying the animation doesn't work Mm. because it doesn't loop properly oh that's right that's right (laughs) yeah when when the animation goes off for uh, vincent during this part it it plays an animation but it does not loop so just after so many frames of it it just snaps back to being exactly what it was before i wonder if they it were is, like it looks like he flips <laughs> i wonder if they like were doing that and then they're like oh this doesn't really you know flow all that well and then they're like well it does look really cool and kind of spooky and uncanny so let's just keep it in. <laughs> just keep it we're so close to the end of the game yeah, <laughs> We got to get working on uh, Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy 7 too. Yeah. <laughs> but as the camera's pulling back and Lucretia is like distraught because of uh, just chaos being kind of untamable, um, we see a little glow come from the corner of the screen and she focuses and sees the proto materia. Which I'm assuming that Grimoire showed her when, he, when they found the crystal cave. Yeah, I'm not really sure where the proto materia came from, but. That's what I'm assuming. It could be just like an old artifact or something like that as yeah. well. If the, if it's from the same people who wrote this Terra Corrupt, yeah, yeah. just like we need something to kind of tame the monster or whatever. Like, yeah, at <laughs> very least, offering. I do believe they, you know, Grimoire also found it because she says about it, "This materia I found, we found it together." Okay, yeah. So I like that when that's she's, what I was assuming. Um, when she's typing on her computer, it looks just like a, you know, a command prompt on like a Windows PC, like in full screen and she's <laughs> typing on it and then like something's not working. So she slams her hands onto the, onto the keyboard and it like flashes red for a second. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. <laughs> like, I wish that shit happened at my job. I wouldn't flash red if you didn't boop it. <laughs> I'm always booping shit. <laughs> she's a fast typist. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of cuts to, uh, we can see from Vincent or Chaos's uh, perspective now, and Lucrezia is like shaking Hojo, and she's like obviously very regretful of her, just everything that went on, went, went on and everything that Hojo kind of led her to, and she just keeps saying, give him back, give my son back. Right, pretty, right, pretty right. Pretty sad. And he just yeah. says, how is your experiment proceeding? And she goes, I don't know, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> like, really Which like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> 
Yeah, and as the screen fades to black there, she says, let me see him just once, which is pretty sad. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. I feel like that does explain more. I mean, like, we already know this from FF7, but, like, Sephiroth thinks that Genova is literally his mother, and you can kind of be like, oh, yeah, he literally never got to see Lucrezia. I guess that makes sense why he's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I, I probably, I'm probably the direct descendant of Genova. That makes sense to me. <laughs> also, speaking of... It just made me realize, like, oh, why did, like, why Lucretia went to Hojo is because she's trying to distance herself from Vincent. I wonder. I wonder. Yeah. She's so for a while. She's, she knows that Vincent is Grimoire's son. And she's right. like, I can't. So I need to, like. Because you remember um, during the Shinra Manor episode mm-hmm. when he's remembering things about uh, Lucrezia, when he first arrives at the mansion for the very first time, she's like, why would, why would they, they send, send his, his dot, dot, dot. 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 Yeah. Which yeah. I don't know why they would do that. I and mean, that's just a complete coincidence. I can imagine like President Shinra just like, this is going to be hilarious. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> any, any executive at, uh, at Shinra will take any opportunity they can to be just a little bit more cruel. Yeah, Either that or they shitty. had no idea because they're so fucking like oblivious and just like yeah. shitty. Maybe we'll explore it more, but I know before Crisis talks more about like how the Turks operated before <laughs> FF7. So I'm curious if there's any mention of like Vincent's. Yeah. Um, history there, so yeah. yeah. Connect the dots, sure. Which came out, I think, before this actually, technically. So. Yeah, but we don't know because it never came out in the U.S. Uh. But yeah, Lucretia is kind of crashing. She's we don't really know exactly her fate, but she is kind of losing hope of, and also potentially some like mental stability. And it's it's a real bummer. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I can't take it anymore. My body, my mind, before I go. And then another, like, quick, I guess a word cloud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, a big word cloud fucking starts popping up. Before I go, Genova cell stored is here. Must leave. Oh, I have a for him. Wait. Disperse. Apply. Four. Fragments. Uh, so yeah, what was about the Genova cell? I guess he does have some Genova in him because of Hojo fucking with him, right? Yeah, I think um, pretty much, and we kind of learned this through uh, everything that went on with Hojo and his, you know, his I, I'm the evil guy and here's my entire plan. Um, is that what Hojo meant? Like the, that's what he might be corrupted life stream is talking oh, about? Oh yeah, like, the, uh, Genova cells, yeah. So any any of the pure people in this world weren't contaminated by Genova cells. That makes sense. All things considered, yeah. <laughs> it's a perfectly cromulent plot point. <laughs> we get um, we get another flashback here, which like I didn't recognize as a flashback at first because we're in like Shelk is standing in the the deep ground bunker that she's currently in right now. So I was like, oh, this must be happening right now. I don't know why this is happening right now, but all right. But <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a flashback. Um. And it's Nero and Shelk talking to each other, right? About yeah. like the visions and uh or I guess I guess Shelk Her mission. Yeah, Shelk's mission really. Um and Shelk says, Who is she? And Nero's like, Oh, that's Dr. Lucrezia Crescent. And Shelk says, So I'm c- to collect the data files, the fragments she left within the network. And Nero's like, Yeah, and then you're used to use that data to find the proto materia. That is where he requires your assistance. And so I guess that's 
Nero bringing Shulk into the plan, into Vice's plan, yeah. to use these Lucrezia memories to find the proto-materia for him. And uh, by he, I think we mean uh, Vice yeah. slash Hojo in this thing, where she's like, oh, hi, you're, ba- you're ready for the big leagues, kid. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. And um, screen fades to black, and we hear a voiceover from Shulk. That information is unnecessary. And I think that's like Shulk talking to us in the real time, recognizing that we've seen all these visions now, like we've been going through this. And she's like, okay, you now know enough to do what you need to do. She's just rolling the tape back like, oh, wait, this is my memories. I went too far. I wonder how much of that, uh, how much of that was like extra story building or maybe it was like, well, they... They were planning on using the scene elsewhere and then didn't fit it in. So they're like, oh, let's just put it in here. And it's, it's good for like immersion. Or it was like a comment someone wrote on the script and they just recorded it anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It, it, it's good for immersion that, um, you know, obviously things are probably very disorienting for Shelk, especially since she's using the busted ass old day one patch model of the uh, VR headset. Um, so it, it's cool that they did that where it's like, oh yeah, like you actually don't need to see that because it it's irrelevant to what's going on right now. But we right, have this, right. we have this re- scene rendered already. So here you go. And then I think we get a discussion between, well, really not even between, but just like Lucrezia's data fragments talking to us. It could be a flashback to some point at which Vincent has visited the Crystal Cave. But I yeah. think it's supposed to be like... I think it's a flashback, like... Oh, do you think so? I was going to say, I think it's supposed to be representative of something happening now, but I don't know. Yeah, this may be a metaphorical space. Or, yeah, I guess it makes more sense for it to be happening in the, the present of Dirge of Cerberus. Um, it could be either, I guess. Yeah. It's hard to say. Um, it's in the cave. I don't know when he finds out this out. This actually may connect to a, a scene we talk about later. This fucking game. <laughs> they're showing the scenes out of order, but they're kind of... Uh, delivering the information in a kind of yeah. chronological sense. Like, the, the yeah. scene may actually be post-Dirge of Cerberus, which we'll talk about later. It's very season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> in that, I didn't actually watch it. <laughs> oh my god, Carl, it's so good. Is it good? Shit, I, I should watch have it. You se- have you seen one and two? Uh, I've, I don't think I ever finished two. I fell off of it, but... Okay, anyway. Anyway, there's there's a lot of boring parts in two, but... I mean, it's also potentially that uh, Vincent has visited Lucretia's cave before because i mean we have yeah exactly yeah in, right. in fs7 so this could be any time honestly yeah, yeah that's where you get his final uh ultimate weapon right exactly yeah actually this is where we get his final ultimate weapon literally <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to the gameplay yet god yeah. damn it um but luke so it's kind of like it's not a monologue it is a dialogue between vincent and lucrezia but vincent says nothing so just don't have to worry about that this is all lucrezia text um hello vincent huh Something's wrong. You see, this is me. But only in a sense. It is merely a reflection created with my remaining data. (laughs) The real me crumbled away long ago. Do you remember our place under that tree? And then we see the the tree that they had like the little picnic at or whatever. And she's like, ah, the warm breeze on our skin. I know it no longer exists. Things fade with time, as do many things in this world. But there are some things we cannot let disappear. I've finally realized my true feelings, even though you may never understand them. And like, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess she's like, Vincent, I think that you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. Um, but you're also could, you know, you could, almost her to his stepmom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
weird in general, but I guess by 2022 uh, standards, it's pretty, you know, status quo, depending on which websites you're yeah, on. Yeah, she's just a MILF now. It's fine. <laughs> Where is Vincent's mom? That's a good question. Vincent's mom is the fucking darkness. Vincent's mom is Genova. Full circle. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, all right, uh, she has she has this catchphrase, which is not that I mind though, which I think she's she said a few times. I'm I'm curious what that was in J Japanese, which probably is a little more of an actual like. It's probably just a saying or what? Yeah. Not that I mind though. Like you know, she said it before. I think uh, Shucks also said it before. Yeah. But yeah, she's like, oh well, it wasn't meant to be. I've made too many mistakes, and I you know I'm sorry for that. Uh, but I'm happy that you survived. And then um. We see, uh, we see that that tree where they were, and Vincent's now like standing up, and he like looks more conscious, and he just screams Lucrezia, and then we like snap back to the present, right, where he's like, he's chaos, he's flying in front of the moon, looking cool as shit, and it it feels like he's like processed all those memories now, right? Like, yeah. we're, we're finally like in the present. He's realized what's going on. He's stable. It's time to whip some ass, right? So here's what I'm curious about. Because he flies down past the Shinra Tower. Yeah. And then next scene we see him with Shulk. So, like, was Shulk... Yeah, in his brain. <laughs> or was... Is he going down to deep ground to just pull her out of her VR chair? You know? I figured that he went down to get her, I guess. Because I assume that the net dive is not her physical body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she was still able to deliver the... Uh, yeah. The proto-materia. Yeah. Who knows? And yeah, you're right. And then, like, after uh, Shulk says, you're late, and Vincent's like, oh, sorry about that. And then Shulk says, not that I mind, though. Mm -hmm. yeah, literally, the next thing she says. Kept you waiting, huh? And then they have, like, a little conversation. I like this conversation. Like, every conversation between Vincent and Shulk, I think, are, like, my favorite parts of this game. Yeah. Um, a bunch of weirdos. She was always like that. <laughs> Only believing what she wanted to. So, Vincent, why don't you try telling her that yourself? Maybe I will. Yeah, it's a very kind of clunky uh, wording of all this, but yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there's a lot more nuance in the original script. But, where like, but then he gets his sick fucking gun out and says, but first we have a story to end. Yeah, and how does oh, he get shit. that gun out? He has his, like, robot voice, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was his chaos voice. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's fucking turned into a Digimon at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it very also like Yu-Gi-Oh monster where he, yeah. he just like puts out his hand and like the, the gun materializes around it in like a really cool showing. Oh, yeah, it's a fucking huge ass uh, crazy weapon. What's it called? Death penalty, I think? It's the death penalty. It's yeah. his last weapon from, uh, from FF7. It does more damage the more enemies he kills. Neato. I don't think it does that in this game, but it does in the original FF7. And then he blasts off like Neo. And he blasts off like Neo. <laughs> Whom's amongst us does not want to blast off? Actually, yeah, this is the beginning of the chapter, right? Like gameplay. Yeah. Now we now actually we, get to start playing the game. Yeah, we get to we get to play Omega and Chaos is the name of this uh, this chapter now. Omega and Chows. <laughs> it it kind of feels like we get to play a different game too. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like the rest of Dirge of Cerberus at all. <laughs> the music is weird. The enemies are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, we're fighting like geometric shapes. Instead of like enemies, 
It's very set PC in a way that like this game has not really been up until yeah. now. Like obviously they've had really cool set pieces, but this is literally like off in the distance you see just on the horizon an enormous fucking uh Omega just there and you you got to kind of make your way through it in what amounts to basically just being like walking down one-way hallways like not actual hallways they're like platforms and stuff yeah, but yeah. yeah we're on floating like rubble and stuff above Midgar yeah there, yeah. there is some cool uh, little details, like um, there's different scaffolding that's fallen and stuff, and you see like a Shinra Electric Co. Uh, logo just yeah. on the sign that's like a part of that rubble, which is really cool. Yeah, I think we have, do we have infinite ammo with the death penalty? No, I don't think we have infinite. I think it just starts out with like 400 or a something. Lot. Like I, I'm looking It starts at, out with a ton, yeah. You can still switch over, though. You can still switch guns. Now, you can't equip the death penalty with anything, though. I will say that. Yeah, it's unmoddable. Yeah, not compatible with any of the WRO shit. Damn, I was gonna glue it to the uh, to the Ultima weapon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's insanely strong. So like, you know, why would you? But yeah, it like um, one shots everything pretty much, right? It, yeah, everything in this in this stage is one shotted, which is why it feels more like um like a side scrolling shooter that's th you know over the shoulder than anything because like all the geometric diamond lasers that are flying at you they just fly up to you insanely like inhumanly quickly open up they like peel open like a flower and then shoot a laser at you and then fly away yeah. <laughs> like if they miss and you're just one-shotting them as they come in they are called the omega bud and the omega leaf you guys are my omega buds i was getting ready uh -huh. to say that ah, carl so cute <laughs> And yeah, this is this whole area is speaking of bud, just like a bad a bad trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it's really yeah. cool. This is scary. Um, much like Vincent's jumping, in which he can just jump as high as he wants to if it's an FMV. Uh, Vincent is currently just flying about one foot off the ground the entire he time. He is, yeah, <laughs> and not jumping any higher. I think also does he not have a double jump here? He does not have a double jump. Yeah, here, so yeah. he he can jump less now actually than what we're <laughs> used to. <laughs> Well, you need that. He, he maybe he is double jumping. It's just that because he's not on the ground, oh, yeah, every is the jump is his jump. second jump. Yeah, it's like half an A press in. Uh, <laughs> he's zoom hovering right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, we make our way along like various cables and scaffolding toward uh toward Omega. Yeah, we fall into like a tunnel thing that's like a giant tube. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. The music is really strange and like synthy now. There's no love it. Yeah, there's no uh, orchestral bit bits. It's very spacey and otherworldly, and there's this kind of like synthesizery harpsichord plucky thing going on. It's very shimmery and just creepy. Yeah, and then we get a uh, we get our very we get our like epic team FMV happens right like to show all the team. Oh yeah, once we get close enough to uh, Omega, right? I think. Yeah, we see we see Chaos Vincent walking. <laughs> yeah. He decides to not float any longer and uh, is just walking up to uh, like a precipice of where he is and sees. Uh, For some reason, we're on a helicopter landing pad <laughs> when, the, when the FMV starts. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. How does this one start? I'm not looking at the. Uh... So yeah, like Vincent walks up to a um, just like the edge of like this thing. Some of those buds pop up and start shooting lasers at him, and he kind of just flies off to the distance and is is returning fire on them, which is super cool. And it's like, I like this like. This part of the game is basically just a big interactive cutscene. Like you one shot everything. There's not any particular challenge or any kind of like. It's it's not. Well, really... I did have to heal. I will say, like those things can light you up if you're not 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's not. Are you still playing a hard mode? I don't think I ever played this one on hard mode, did I? Okay. I for some reason thought you may have like picked a a different difficulty level. No, that was FF4, and I regret every (laughs) moment of that. (laughs) Um. Oh yeah. So oh, you're actually talking about the uh, the team moment, though. I'm still just kind of um talking about the level. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to talk about this gameplay section. Like it's pretty boring. I was just looking at it as like a it being, I guess, a little better than just dumping a whole. Yeah, the ending of this game could be very long, and they're just trying to break up all the different beats. I think it's well done. I think it it does play more like a movie or a music video, even. Yeah, it's 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 cool. I like it. It's cool and fun, but but the Omega cutscene um, we do see like a big for some reason Omega has a big force field around him right now yeah yeah and it pops and gives off this big burst of energy Finson gets blasted um, but he's fine we see some of the uh, the reactors while reacting even more and Cloud jumps down and like cuts like one of the energy links yeah between Omega and the thing and he pulls up his flip phone and says everything's cool over here or whatever <laughs> Sorry about the wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Cloud, or I guess everybody somehow calls Vincent at once. He calls Vincent. He's like, hey, Vincent, you like motorcycles? We saw the explosion before uh, Cloud jumps down. So maybe this is when everyone's actually um, blowing up the reactors. Yeah, now. blowing up the remaining yeah. reactors. Yeah. Um, we see Tifa in her cool uh, Advent Children outfit, really baggy shorts. Yeah. yeah. Wearing gloves. Barrett in his very cool Advent Children outfit. Uh, outfit with the with the fishnet shirt and the vest i love it. barrett's uh it's like, so good he's got kind of a dad bod and i love yeah, it yeah. he's got like a little gut he's got a little gut like i like that like, he's cool i like barrett's design in ff7 like the original ff7 i think it's really good and i also like his advent children design a lot like they're both they're and they're very different and they're <laughs> very good <Yeah. laughs> really good designs and then there's a shot of uh Sid, of course, lighting up a cigarette with like Sid's like leaning up against the wall with a a reactor blowing up behind him, like all in a day's work. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then uh, we see Reeve commanding some WRO soldiers who are firing up at uh, Omega and two of our favorite child soldiers, Shelk and Yuffie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, who are there. Um, And Shelk says like Shelk kind of quietly to herself says, when did I start caring so much about what's happening or what happened? And then uh, she kind of like looks up to where Vincent is and says, the rest is up to you. And then we get a fucking like the most like anime scene ever where the screen splits into like seven pieces and you see all the the main yeah, cast. Like three of frames seven. of everyone's face. Yeah. Just blink the kind of recap. Yeah, and they all go, Vincent! <laughs> Red should be in here. I don't know where Red is. Yeah, Red, Red's just unbothered. He's like, you know what? I adventured already. Fuck that shit. Yeah. I, he does appear though. He is. Red, um, yeah, Red's a little later on in. in yeah. Coming up. He po- it pops in, in the ending, but we do get that very anime-like split screen. Yeah, where it's all converging to the top, where we see all six character major characters: Cloud, Tifa, Yuffie, Barrett, Sid, and uh, Reeve. The scream fits in, and all the lines of the separators converge into like a li- like a beam that goes up that turns into Vincent. It's a very cool like it's very it anime. Me of the Cowboy Bebop intro. Yeah. Oh yeah. The split line turns into the swordfish. Yeah. I um. I, I imagine this would be a really cool background in, in 2006. <laughs> like a Windows <laughs> XP desktop background. Damn, do you mean this would be a really cool background in 2022? I agree. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then Vincent very coolly just says, I guess I have no choice. It's time to save the world. <laughs> it's so good. It's so Which fucking like, stupid and corny dude, and dumb, but I, it works. I think it's, you know what? I think the thing is that it's earned it at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like the fact that like, the game okay so the game the whole game has been like kind of edgy but it it has actually restrained itself quite a bit you know what i mean like it's it's not 
gone too edgy when it could have. And so it's not I, Devil May Cry. Like, it's not Devil May Cry. So like not the no fact more that they waited level of edge. <laughs> right. So the fact that they waited to the very end to do this, like I'm kind of like, you know what? You earned it. I'm in. Let's do yeah. it. This is this is cool. Yeah. yeah, they show another shot of uh the the rest of the party minus Red Thirteen. Uh, I'll just go in. Yeah, they do the reverse where instead of hit them saying Vincent and turning white into a beam, Vincent turns into a purple like flame, which turns into the dividers between all their faces. It's a very cool cinematic thing. Yeah. So we like burst into Omega, right? Like they're blood busting into his like shield bubble that's around him yeah, or something yeah. like that. And the game He's got some sort of force field. The game becomes like a a shooter. Like I know it's already a shooter. What this, would you call it? It like becomes a, Space Harrier specifically. It becomes Space Harrier. <laughs> and the music turns into a fucking gacked song. And it's yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I, I I've I have homies who disagree with me who have like openly said that I'm wrong about this, but <laughs> dear listener, they are wrong. It is always a good decision to put a song with lyrics in your video game. I love that shit every time. <laughs> unless unless it is Final Fantasy 7 Remake. That is my spicy hot take. Where's that at? The end credits. Oh, okay. It's a, there's a uh, really, one of my favorite songs in fucking Final Fantasy VII Remake is just a nice um, instrumental song that plays when you're in one of the slums. And then at the end cutscene, like at the end when it's getting to the point where I'm just like, I hate what they're doing with this story. It starts playing that again. I'm like, okay, that's nice. And then it's just like, yeah, well, I mean, like when you're singing I, vocals, I mean, I when like, you're Fuck. playing the game. It's always cool to have like a song when you're actually like running around doing things. Oh yeah, agreed. But n don't take a beautiful Nobuo Uematsu uh, orchestration and add lyrics to it. <laughs> no, it's fine. You Which I'm it. sure he added the lyrics <laughs> to it. I'm I, I'm just uh, crumudgeon. Yeah, he wrote he fucking wrote Sodeki to that. Yeah, that song fucking rules though, and so does Eyes on Me. <laughs> I just do not like Hollow. <laughs> Importantly, those are not during the credits. That's the difference. Yeah. Fair. And this is a longing by Gact, and it does feel like, like I was saying, it feels very much like a tool video because we're just in like this kind of yeah yeah uh, this nightmare sphincter. Yeah, it's like an episode of the Magic <laughs> we, School we Bus. We are in the nightmare sphincter. <laughs> just blowing up all of Omega's insides, I guess. Yeah, we're we're shooting his various geometric organs, <laughs> like blowing them up as we fly through. It rules. It's cool as hell. It's a really That's, fun part. Like, and the music elevates it. Did you have any uh, challenge? Like, was there any challenge for you on this, Curtis, or no? I don't think you even have to shoot any of them. I think it'll just let you buy. Yeah, I think there's like a stretch of, I would just call it like intestine where you're like... You're <laughs> what did you call it? The nightmare sphincter? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's good. Some of the buds or leaves, I don't know what the difference is. Um, actually, I think it must be the leaves if they open up. And they're shooting at you, but I think after you like pass a certain threshold, it just continues on to the next area. Yeah. So you could just like avoid hitting them all. And then we uh, plopped into a flesh atrium. And uh, <laughs> uh, we fight a bunch of buds at once. And uh, much like Nero, the secret to them is to strafe. <laughs> and if you strafe, you are fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just kind of make our way through various cool looking platforms but again just kind of one way things like at one point like there's like a circular bit that you can go around but it's like so tiny that it it still only leads to one spot and then like the oh, next time that, that happened i went to go and make a left and i was like blocked by the ramp that's leading up and i was just like oh, that, okay i guess i gotta go right then i like that room though that room it's really, really cool. cool looking it's yeah. like a it's like you were like going up its neck or something maybe. like i was gonna call it like the intestinal cathedral like it fucking <laughs> like <laughs> it looks like the floor is made of like fleshy stained glass it's cool as hell yeah 
Yeah, like it, it feels a lot more church-like as we go up. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's kind of gothic. Yeah. Organic gothic inspired shit. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and the whole time that fucking just song is just banging and doing like guitar solos and shit. It's fucking cool shit. Vincent also looks extremely visual K. Now that I'm thinking, he does. About that, he does in oh, terms yeah. of gacked and stuff. So yeah, absolutely real good. We get one just very silly small uh, thing where once we reach the top of that cathedral, we are outside kind of, and there's like a light bridge connecting the two pauldrons of. Yeah, yeah, you're right. There's there's like a light bridge that goes in front of um, Omega's face, and we're on it, and a bunch of those like buds are firing at us. But much like your job. If it sucks, just hit the bricks. <laughs> you don't have to do any of this fight. You can just walk on. And that's what I did. I was like, nah. <laughs> I just walked to the next area. Didn't shoot anybody. This is like maybe like the most segmented level we've played so far, where everything yeah. everything is immediately like cut off by like a cutscene that is mostly just like a transition to the next little chunk. Yeah. Right. It's really weird. Like it looks like you might have to do the thing where it's like, oh, clear all the enemies and then you can proceed forward. But like Carter said, you don't have to fight anyone. And yeah, like, this is most. Yeah, this is all just kind of to make you feel cool and yeah. uh, to give you just lead us to the final, lead us to the finale. Yeah, to give you agency with chaos, which is really cool. Even though it's like very underwhelming if you look at it from like a gameplay mechanic. Like there's yeah. not really too much to do and it's not challenging or anything, but it's cool as hell. So yeah, you know. yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's a really good, I, I like this, uh, this outro. And again, better than just a dump of cutscenes. And, and then is the very next room is the boss room. So yeah, as we um, reach, I guess, quote unquote, the end of this light bridge, um, it cuts to a little cutscene where Vincent as chaos, of course, is staring down Omega's face with its cool, like fucking Ava unit, spiky nose. And uh, Vincent's um, Protomateria reacts, and he just blasts off and goes into the little, like, hoop thing above above Chaos's head. And it's like a little Stargate that goes above into... Above Omega's uh, head? Yes, above Omega's head. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get our stage results. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Is this where we get our stage results and our yes. results results? No, I think the results results are later. Yeah, okay, okay. This is the stage results for Omega and Chaos, though. Let me get out my phone and see what uh, my stage results are, because I do think I took a picture of it. I think my favorite part about this was the very last thing that it says, which is time expired, which was, for me, 12 minutes on the dot. Ooh, <laughs> and I'm watching nice. back my video, and the play clock is at 32 minutes, and I was like, oh, I guess none of those cutscenes cu counted towards the playtime. That's good. I literally only played for 12 minutes. Here we go. The information is unnecessary. <laughs> oh, it, it, oh, my. T I got, you know what? I got the best time of all. I got the best time of all. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to blow it up so you can see it. I think uh, I think you'll appreciate it. 13, 12, baby. Oh, that's so much better. 13, 12. Let's go, dude. <laughs> Based, 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 based. The ideal time. Um, yeah, I mean, not too much really happened in this uh, in this segment. I used one item and I got an S rank for it. Uh, <laughs> I had 53 kill chains. No critical hits, which I'm like, that's not my fault. I was one-shotting everything. How, like, how is that not a critical hit? And then I realized <laughs> in the next part that you can cycle through weapons. And I was like, oh, you can yeah, probably get yeah. a critical hit that way. But. It's fair. It's yeah, fair. I think I got like 14 minutes or something, but I don't remember what I did. Yeah, it's it's irrelevant. It's a quick section, yeah. <laughs> that information is not necessary. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I was wondering if there's extra shit to do in this chapter. I don't think there is. I think this is very much like, well, you know, close out the development of the game. Like, let's get going. Because it yeah. brings you to a screen where it would have the extra ones, and there's like four additional things there, and 
It just says yeah. like chapter ranking S for me. Well, all we got left to do fight the final boss. So I think maybe we should uh we should do a little uh pissing before we uh <laughs> a little rest and a little uh, hit, hit to chilling. fucking bricks. Hit to fucking bricks before we go Expel in. Expel some things out of our nightmare sphincters and uh <laughs> <laughs> that's quite right. <laughs> God, if only that was at the beginning of this at the beginning of the season, we could be like, "Well, time to go release the Nightmare well, Sphincter." Better late than never. Not that I mind, though. <laughs> We're in the area where you fight Rom the Vacuous Spider in Bloodborne. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like where I've seen this before and I was coming up empty, but that yeah. is exactly where we are. <laughs> it is nice that we do get to, well, I guess we get do this at the end of every chapter. We're able to go to the shop, even though uh, yes. narratively that makes no fucking sense. There hasn't been any... Uh... It would make more sense if they just put a, a, a jukebox here. <laughs> <like that. laughs> yeah, inside of Omega, like when Omega forms, there's just a, a fully made jukebox inside of him. Yeah. We're in this vast blank space in the middle is just one jukebox yeah. and, that is, and that is your enemy yeah. oh you know where we are we are on we are where you fight shadow link in the water temple <laughs> we are on, on the the final fight of uh skyward sword versus demise yeah this go this this one goes out to all of my tekken heads we are in a infinite azure from tekken <laughs> 7 oh nice it's very it was like that's where i've seen here. it very nice. We're basically on a lake that you can stand on that is infinite in all directions. Yeah, but there is an invisible wall that you will hit if you try to go too far. Oh, well. <laughs> Boo. There you have it. But yeah, it's just like the horizon and a skybox. So, um, you know, we're just on this really cool looking, uh, really cool looking place. Okay, now that uh, now that Hojo has left Vice, I guess, you know, we're all friends now, right? Yeah. Like he's cool now. Vice is cool now. Because he no longer has Hojo in him. But that's not the case. But that's not the case. He's also a dick. Yeah, he fucking sucks. He's an asshole. Fuck this guy. <laughs> so this what are the big, odds? <laughs> so there's a big, like, throbbing meatball underneath the surface of the water that has, <laughs> like, basically Vice as a faith from FF10. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really cool looking. Encasing the top of it. Like a little it's, vice nougat. So what happened was he was trying to let future generations know about him. So uh, instead of writing his name into the cement, like Bart did in that one episode, uh, he just encased himself entirely in the cement. He must be much smarter than his brother Nero. <laughs> about whom we know nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, the really cool uh, image, though. Um, it almost it, it looks kind of like one of the monster uh, arena enemies in um final fantasy 10 i can't sure. remember which one one of the ones that needed pierce damage or something that was just way too fucking hard <laughs> to fight. Um, oh yeah it's, like a, i know you're talking about yeah it's like submerged under underneath uh the water where we are and a bunch of fucking giant like crystal things they're, come, yeah, they're called feelers they're called the crystal feelers um yeah. They look like a, a, a Legend of Zelda puzzle. Uh, yeah. You have to shoot with like a fucking bow or slingshot or boomerang or something. Right. Yeah, and they're like protruding out through the floor, right? Yeah. Um, I think there's five of them, if I recall. Five or six, somewhere, yeah. Yeah. They're... But there's just more of those uh, Omega Buds shooting at you occasionally, and you're just trying to figure out how to 
blow up these feelers because they're the only thing really you can shoot at. Yeah, yeah. It took me a second to realize what was going on. It took me a long time to realize what was going on. Not so much that <laughs> I, I understood mechanically what I had to do. The only problem was I don't think the death penalty was working against the crystal feelers when they opened up. Okay. Yep. I was either like completely missing them or it just doesn't work. And I, it, it wasn't until I realized that you could change weapons that I could actually like beat these things. Um, oh, can you shoot them with your other guns? Oh no. You know what? No, that's what it was. I, I like couldn't remember. And it's like, you have to melee them, right? Yeah. 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 They, they are invulnerable. Invulnerable? Invulnerable. They're invulnerable. Yeah, that's right. They, well, I mean, invulnerable also makes you incapable of being pwned. So invulnerable <laughs> that's definitely right. makes sense. Yeah. You can, you can uh, give them the old knuckle sandwich. The old one twos and uh I love giving them the old one two. Yeah, they don't take many hits. Yeah, you can you can take them out in I one round. I do like that um you uh the the crystal buds that are popping up are there to um I don't know, replenish your resources, I guess. Uh and give you like, you know, bullets and red potions and, drops, and stuff yeah, like that. that. Makes sense. So it's funny you just like shoot one of them and then there's just a little like backpack, just fucking <laughs> jan sport thing floating on the on the water they're, that you try and pick up. They're also like the quote unquote source of challenge in this, because they're really the only things that are attacking you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the like the lore and the significance of the feelers are, because it just looks like this cocoon is what we'll find out it's called. Well, yeah, once we it's, break all just, of them. It's just protruding from, like, the feelers are just kind of coming up and, like, like, they're charging or soaking up energy or something like that. Right. Yeah, you gotta charge this, uh, this crystal by jerking off. <laughs> the Charger J.O. crystal. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, once we, uh, once we break all of them, that allows the, um, the, like, pod that Vice is inscripted on to, like, come up through the floor, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's gross. It kind of nasty, kind of nasty. It's cool. it, he looks like a uh, like a sculpted like like the Roman sculptures yeah, and stuff, yeah. and like a like an like the statue of like Michael the Archangel or something like hella cut like. <laughs> Yo, Vice super, is hella cut. I I'm sure if I posted this on Twitter, uh, some like conservative right wing piece of shit would be like, "This is like the the perfect showing of culture. Like this is the <laughs> culture that we're fighting yeah, for. <laughs> like yeah. fucking idiots." <laughs> But this next section is not as hard because it is just shoot cocoon. Shoot the meatball. Yeah, there's really nothing else. It's just the uh, the cocoon raises up in the air and it's kind of su- it looks like it's supported by like three little tendrils or something. And yeah, I think uh, it's the same as the pods. It was the tendrils that it's were like a maypole. The feelers, yeah. Um, but also like we're seeing some uh, geometric shapes are starting to spawn around us. But the cocoon doesn't really do anything though. It just takes damage. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I like, I don't know if I was just super over leveled because I only dumped into levels, but like no challenge at all. Like just before I even knew it, like I was using like, I guess I was just using the death penalty, but like, yeah, this not a difficult fight at all. I'm, I'm watching my playthrough of this back to kind of like see what, you know, what it's like and what it's all about and everything. And my, my chat is just full of people saying meatball. So (laughs) (laughs) that's... (laughs) Yeah. How many meatball bosses are there in Final Fantasy? I feel like this is it feels very ten. This last stretch, yeah, it does feel yeah. extremely ten. Just because it's a gross, organic but ancient looking thing. Reminds like me of a, the what the nucle uh, the nucleus. Yeah, nucleus, nucleus, sins nucleus. It looks like a Genova's uh, meatball butt when we fight her in the um, crater. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but once uh, the cocoon is down to 20%, uh, we go to a next cutscene. Yeah, we just win. We don't even have to like get its HP all the way down. Yeah. It gives up. 
it pops, it busts. Yeah, it's straight busting. Um, it does explode like in a fiery ball, and then we're in just like a kind of a gray, bluish space. So what happens is we go from the Tekken Azure level to one of the. Oh, actually, I think it's also a Tekken level. There's another Tekken level where you're just on a bunch of like floating geometric shapes. We're just going through all the uh, the Tekken stages, basically. We're in the uh, PS2 uh, startup screen. I was just going to oh, say that. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You're it's right. A, yeah, it, it's literally just that. Like, it's so good. That's extra, <laughs> better than Kojima could ever do. He, uh, the creators of Dirge of Cerberus have transported us to the very first thing you see when you load up the disc. Love it. But yeah, it's just kind of an empty, like foggy sort of arena that has all of those like weird transparent and now like kind of blue geometric shapes just kind of, or I guess they're really only like squares. Yeah. yeah they're just pylons and squares, perhaps a rectangle or two. Ooh. Um, Minecraft stage. We get a good look at, um, at death penalty from like we the do. front. Uh, like there's a side profile of Vincent, uh, kind of at an angle aiming at vice who is walking towards us with the death penalty and it looks cool as shit it just looks like a like a cross like a castlevania cross that you, yeah, you know, would like yeah. throw at dracula to kill this cutscene is really strange also so uh, this cutscene is like vice comes out and he's completely blank faced while he's holding these two like extremely long almost like two masamunes oh yeah, yeah. I, I didn't notice how long they were at first because what could be scarier than sephiroth with a big masamune a guy it's, with it's two sephiroth, of them but this time he's got two yeah he's dual wielding just like what do we in call Halo <laughs> what do we call him last night? he's he's jock sephiroth <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> god it's, it's so true it's like upsettingly <laughs> true but yeah you do see the cool close-up of the death penalty from uh chaos vincent and then we cut over like the first thing you see is just completely blank face like vice and then he does little his devilish smile yeah he's looking pissed and then he's looking dashes yeah yeah he like obviously it's to show that like a vice is incredibly powerful but vincent is now also incredibly powerful is that vice does this super quick dash and then at the last moment kind of turns to the left really fast, right? To kind of like try to get around Vincent. And Vincent just like effortlessly tracks him and just shoots the shit out of him with the death penalty. I like the way that you um, described that because that sounds like extremely cool and stuff. In the actual cutscene, it's fucking goofy. It's like <laughs> literally Vincent shoots a beam, like a special beam cannon from fucking Dragon Ball Z through Vice and he's like flying backwards. And then it cuts and directly behind Vincent Chaos is uh, Vice, like, with his swords out, and he's, like, smiling and, like, ready to kill him. It's also through Chaos. He already, like, stabbed him. Yeah, it's him. through Chaos, and then it, it cuts again, and it's just fucking Vincent with the gun <laughs> behind Vice's head as he's smiling. It's like, it's like a fucking, it's like the astronaut meme of, like, it's the so astronaut good. in space with the gun behind fucking him. Or, like, Vice, Vice gives him the... It's nothing personal, kid. Yeah. Don't trust anyone, not even yeah, yourself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, don't trust anyone, not oh, <laughs> yeah, not even yourself. But then behind him is another one. <laughs> it's well. it's like, really goofy, it's yeah, really fun. It's, Vice it's, behind it's, Vincent, stabbing him. But then Vincent's somehow behind Vice, oh my gosh. Like, nonsensical, but really uh, effective, because I cannot stop thinking about it. It does feel very <laughs> dreamlike, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this time Vice dodges and then it just turns into a straight up like uh, Dragon Ball Z like. Yeah, yeah. The death penalty, which noticeably has like a black energy beam, like uh, Vice does a cool like spin with his swords. I was going to say, he, he blocks the beam by just spinning his sword real fast. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
I've never tried spinning swords to block bullets, but I assume that it probably works. <laughs> and then it escalates even more, and we just like from a far away shot to see these little flashes of blinks and like little like beams going back and forth. Assuming that they're just like fighting each other at like light speed. Like we're not going to animate the punches. It's just going to be flashes uh, in different spots to show that they're going so fast. And then, uh, and then Vice calls down a Gundam from the skies. Yeah, so make the mega <laughs> megapod. It looks like a little motorcycle too. He put he puts on his giant like Rick Owens coat that is also Omega and twice his size. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that like Vice also doesn't really say there's like no dialogue in this whole. There's scene, no dialogue. So I kinda, yeah, I kind of want to hear more Vice as himself, and we never really do. Yeah. Oh, you know what that motorcycle thing looks like, Curtis? I forget the name mm. of it, but the one boss in uh in Final Fantasy VIII, the like in Esther, I think, is where it is. I I know you have to draw something from it at some point. Begins with an E. A boss? Or maybe it's like a rare encounter that you have to get there for a certain drawing. Oh. Uh. I'll, I'll figure it out. And okay, yeah, figure it out and send it to me. But yeah, the mech appears as like a giant kind of, uh, I don't know, a weird fancy looking pine cone. <laughs> <laughs> but it splits in half and then inside is basically kind of like, it looks like a mini, a mini Omega, but the bottom of it is like almost like a motorcycle chassis or, so, or something. <laughs> it's the uh, El Noil. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you fight it as a boss and Dalit. Dalit. Oh, and yeah. Dalit, damn. Yeah, it's like the second and third boss. Oh shit! Yeah, game. that's right. Damn, this you guy draw siren like from it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking of. It's also in Esther. I'm pretty sure as a regular enemy. There's um, point. there's a gray and yellow version of it you can find later uh, in that area. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Stay tuned more next season. Ooh. We might be jumping into FF8 a little more. <laughs> Two more things that are just in my chat are, I love Pacific Rim. <laughs> when, when <laughs> and which which Kingdom Hearts is this? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair. Uh, but it it basically looks like a fucking goth version of Penance. Yeah, 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 goth Penance for sure. Cause I mean it has like the floating arms and shit. The two halves of like the cocoon acorn thing uh, like it has arms drop from it and uh, the center body is just kind of like a weird floating motorcycle thing yeah and it like it picks omega up via these like or omega it picks vice up via these like blue cables right yeah it's still very deep ground color scheme which is cool they, they've been kind of yeah uh tying everything together this yeah they branded theme. very well deep ground and uh this is the last boss yeah this we're uh this is it. And uh, Vice is a cool little uh, pilot in this mech. And it's also not a very hard boss. It's not just... real bad. It has one attack that will fuck you up. Oh, yeah, like the big explosion thing? Yeah, I didn't know how to dodge it, so I just took it right to the face. Yeah, I definitely and... didn't dodge it, and it did like 1,400 damage. Yeah. Which I had more than enough to, uh, to, to just sponge that, but... Yeah. There's a typo in here. The Brady guy. It says Mega Vice, and it should be Ome Omega Vice. <laughs> oh no, it is Omega. It's just the page is folded. I'm sorry. Ah. Sorry, Brady. Sorry to everyone, all the kind people at uh, Brady Games <laughs> for our slander. I did use my final, uh, my final 
stat screen points to get levels finally though carl so i did make it up to a nice and beefy level 17 at the end of this game nice 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 i think i was um, like level like 11 before that like during the last stage the one thing in this battle that i really liked was um there's a part where like he, i guess he just gets some some cover by like putting up like shield things but it's just a bunch of like little rectangles that like blue rectangles that are just kind of floating and you have to like blow them up before you can shoot through them and they're spaced very evenly and stuff and i was like this is literally just like the memory card screen of playstation 2 <laughs> i was like oh no i'm destroying all my save data no <laughs> yeah he's a there's a couple things that uh omega vice can do here right like uh as smack we, you with his pans he he'll swipe hand. at you he has meteor which i think is a is the big one okay, oh yeah okay. that makes sense one of the things that happens is there are columns, like like large columns that are like quite wide, that raise up out of the ground and kind of prevent you from shooting at him. Um, so those can be kind of annoying. Yeah. He can shoot you from a distance with tracking uh, shots. Which you can actually shoot with your... Um with death penalty with no problem because okay. your death penalty has a big blast radius too it was almost like every shot's ma magic yeah hey, there's also two parts to him because when i shot i would see two different no damage numbers pop up i think there's vice and like the actual mech because sometimes vice okay. i think comes down like he's sometimes vice will just come down on the ground and take a few shots at you oh really yeah yeah i also noticed the two um hitbox they count as two separate targets i didn't notice that there's just a a fan like a cooling fan oh that's what you're yeah. talking about with the motorcycle thing right yeah it's a little cooling vent yeah that's how he flies i guess and it just spins <laughs> he's just getting rid of that excess heat you know it's how technology is everything's getting Real hotter cool design oh yeah so here the guide says vice leaps from his throne like a ghost vice comes down and attacks you uh ghost vice Seems like it's kind of a blink and you miss it sort of thing, because yeah. I may have blinked and I definitely missed it. Omega Vice calls has an absolutely devastating godlike attack that you unleash once he's low HP. Watch him to fly in the sky and start an orange glow in red. Oh yeah, this is like the meteor, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if you could just deflect it by meleeing? <laughs> just kick it. Yeah, you just press the fucking punch button. Breath of the Wild doing the parry to kill a guardian. Ugh. Vincent could have saved. Uh, yeah, fuck Holy, we got it. We can just kick it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the the ultimate attack in this one is just the, do like, the jack shot. <laughs> <laughs> his his best attack is meteor, and like he flies too far away for you to hit him. Like he kind of flies out past the bounds of the stage, and you see him like summoning several like orange orbs. That this is real Radon. In fucking Elden Ring, yeah. like, oh, shit. it's almost like there's like uh, like I don't uh, not pillars. There's like cylinders around him that yeah. help charge it up, right? Um, I forget how it works. they're like little turrets that like branch out on his arms that like there's something glowing with orange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought maybe they were just like orange orbs or something, but yeah, yeah. And then they kind of like charge up meteor and then he throws meteor down on you and like it's fast enough that i didn't really see what even happened i was like oh i think <laughs> i dodged it. i think it's hitting the other side of the uh the area but no it hit me and it did like 80 percent of my hp at once yeah it like, does from it, full quite a bit it seems like the uh um st strategy that is uh recommended for like the um meteor is either just be on the opposite side of the map or be on top of one of those pillars because it does a lot of like area damage oh okay so you can maybe take a ride up. All right. Yeah, interesting. I guess it would make sense that they wouldn't just put in an unavoidable attack. So that's yeah. okay. So what you're saying is we have to do what you have to do in the final boss of the new Kirby game where it casts meteor and a meteor hits the ground, but you have to climb up on, on top of all the debris to get away from it. That makes sense. Yeah, And then you got to suck in the stars and shoot it back at it. That's right. 
Just like here. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's it. We get a cutscene, a very brief one of Vice getting owned and being dead as hell. And yeah, he's not tough. Kind of just falling out of his uh, out of his uh, seat or whatever. So he's falling, and then it we just get our our uh, results page. I like seeing Omega like sinking through the ground like uh, Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, and what is the results page called? I was extremely confused because I didn't realize what this was and i just the first thing that jumped out to me was damage sustained which i got a d because it was one <laughs> hit points of damage and i was like i only had like 2500 how the fuck did i take that much damage during this fight? like did that meteor attack really do that much and then like when i saw targets destroyed and everything i was like oh i saw time expired and it was like 11 hours and two minutes yeah. <laughs> and i was like Oh, this is like cumulative. This they, is the when it starts, um, it says cumulative results. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah so this is the stats for the entire game. Yeah, yeah. What were your What were your rankings, guys? So we have to go through the right because, like, we often go through our cool stats or whatever. I feel like because this is the last episode, we have to go through our stats. I yeah. don't have them. I don't have. Oh, you don't stats. have them. Okay. Oh no. Oh, oh, that's fine. We'll just pretend like you. Did. Just, <laughs> you can just say mine exactly. No, I'll just. Like, we'll I'll, we'll make up Alex's as we go. We'll we'll, we'll tell you. Listener, Alex's what they is were. whatever your heart, dear listener, uh, <laughs> desires it to be. So, my, wh what were your targets destroyed? How many targets did you destroy? I got an A with uh, one thousand two hundred and seventy-one. Oh, I also got an A, but uh, twelve hundred thirty-six. Alex, Damn. impressively. 2,000, beating us both. Amazing. Alex impressively quad nines. Quad nine killed 10,000 enemies. He spent a lot of time. Somehow in still only an A rank. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he spent a lot of time in that one hallway. I was in that warehouse for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, accuracy rating, I got a, a gentleman C with 43% uh, accuracy. 46 was a B. Nice. Okay. That's where the cutoff right. is. I, I wasn't trying to impress anyone, but uh, okay, Curtis. Alex had 69 <laughs> accuracy. Incredible. Amazing. Dedication to the craft. Yeah, I got a D with the damage sustained again. It was uh, 183,476. Uh, 119,759 is a C. I wonder if that's because your HP was lower. Yeah, I just couldn't. I just because couldn't I am stand much it. fucking worse. Than oh, I think it's probably that I was much worse. Uh, fucking terrible we'll see game. when we get to times KO'd. <laughs> what, what was uh, the one we just talked about? Damage sustained. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what what, do you, what was your score? Uh, mine was uh, a C at one hundred nineteen. I, I got a D. Yeah. I got if you were like Alex and were able to complete the game hitless, <laughs> uh, one hundred five, three hundred or less. Oh, uh, that's a B. Okay. So that's that's the that's the crossover. Okay. Wow. Um How many crits critical get? hits. Four hundred and forty nine B. Damn, I got three hundred and forty nine, so I had a C. Did you have a B or an A? I did. it was a B, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, every chains. shot Alex fired was critical, so you got an S <laughs> on that one. So I would call him Alex Critical. That's right. Um, <laughs> what was your uh, kill chains? Eight oh two. S I had eight thirty one, so Ooh, I had an S as well. Delicious. Yes. Uh, I used 226 items, getting me a B. 267 C. I th for a second, I thought you said like one more than I said, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I used a lot more items, and it was, <laughs> yeah, I got a C out of it. So, like, magic cast is definitely the more the better. Yeah. It seems like it's it the opposite seems. of items used. I had 115, and it was an S, so I guess it's not that harsh. Oh, well. Because I, I had, didn't cast uh, 249 and also had an S. Yeah, one of three is that minimum for S. Mako collected. 87% A. 
Nice. I got 81% also in A. So I guess all, 90 and above would it be It was all nice. that Nero, uh, that, not a, uh, that Azul fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. where that extra 6% came from. Uh, all right, Carl. Times KO'd. I had an A because I got time, I, I got KO'd five times. Eight times. Damn. Fucking at least five of them had to be on that goddamn elevator. <laughs> was, and the other three were when you were trying to farm the hundred guys. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. also an A. But yeah, 11 hours, 2 minutes, and 26 seconds is my PB. 12 hours, 35 minutes. Nice. So in order to get an S ranking, you need to do it in less than uh, six and a half hours. About. Yeah, it seems doable. Especially yeah. if you if you skip the cutscenes, I feel like yeah. there's a lot of playtime. I spent I waste a lot of time just like doing research and uh, video capturing Ketchy to make a little emo out of it. <laughs> That's amazing that you you did all that research and video capturing and still were able to complete the game in four hours and twenty minutes, Alex. I think that's I know, that's really right? incredible. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's it for the gameplay. Now we just get the ending cutscenes. Ending cutscenes. All right. What what the hell happens in this game afterwards? Oh yeah, what happens here? Well, Omega turns to stone, ash. Yeah, yeah he turn, looks like he's turned to ice or something. Yeah. But we think that that's it. Like, oh no, he's turning. He's crumbling. He's turning into like. It looks like he's turning into pyreflies. Right. Right. Or well, at first it looks like he's just turning into fucking dirt but then yeah. he does explode in like even more energy or whatever yeah like basically and, like uh, after he like petrifies the petrified wings explode open and they're like just made of live stream now right yeah because like the tips of the wings uh are kind of glowing green like mako and then once it kind of hits that they like they like furl out they unfurl i guess out this is very uh sin like where they kind of unfurl almost like a speed a sped up like a uh, time lapse of a flower blooming it's very cool it's yeah, huge it's, yeah it's real cool it makes you believe that these things could maybe lift it perhaps through space mm. yeah i'm wondering if like well if this whole like its whole mission is to like take the life stream and move somewhere else like if you kill it like that's not quite enough Oh yeah, maybe. But yeah, those wings start uh, flapping. The dim wings start a flapping, and it starts raising up off the ground. He is. Hills do be schlapping. He is very much of the mindset that this shit has sucked, and it's time to hit the bricks. Yeah, Omega is hitting the bricks, and like the great bricks in the sky. If Omega is supposed to take all life out into the stars, and it, it, it looks like that's what it's doing, because we get a, a shot of Reeve saying like Omega is ascending, but that means, and so like. The implication is that, like, yeah, we beat Vice, but that didn't stop Omega. Omega is still going on its magical journey, right? Yeah. But he's like, you just proved me right by debating me. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe we fucking platformed Vice, dude. Oh, my God. But he clearly, like, is leaving a lot of life behind, right? No, no, no. So I think that the way when they say life um, and the way that Omega works is and with Deep Ground's plans as well was... Omega only comes at the very end of like an extinction event where yeah. everyone is dead and the life stream is like just it's nothing but life stream. So Omega comes, absorbs all of the life stream from the planet in the same way that like Sephiroth was kind of trying to do um, and just flies off, thus like just destroying the planet and taking off. So like, oh, yeah, they deep ground tricked Omega into thinking that there was an extinction event so that it would be reawakened. Right. That's and right, now yeah. it's still 
proceeding forward with the plan, which it, is because it all the life that everything's forms. dead, yeah, right? Like all the life streams. So humans are still alive, but the ones who are alive don't really outweigh, I guess, the life stream in the same well, way. I was, so like, I was thinking, I was like, I would imagine that it would like mop up and then take all of it, but I guess that it has been tricked. Like it's going, it's just yeah. doing its thing. Thanks, so, Joe. Even though it's not right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think for any like ideological reasons, you know. Um, yeah, just you know. It's pretty interesting that, but like, yeah, we need we need that life stream. Yeah, the plant will wither and die, as we've saw in the um in that cool cutscene, the cutscene when we were on the um, Highland Two. Yes, that's right. Yes, the Shara. Yeah, the Shara. So yeah, uh, Reeves bothered by it. He says, you know, oh shit, Omega's sending. So like that means, you know, shit's no. fucked. Yeah, Luckily, shit's fucked. our boy Vincent Chaos uh, goes fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah, and, like, bursts with a bunch of energy and just kind of flies after Omega. Yeah, and he, he flies ahead of Omega out into, like, space. <laughs> this is real uh, Iron Man. Not Iron Man. Iron Giant. Iron Giant, yeah. <laughs> Where Shulk says, you are not a gun. You are who you choose to be. And Vincent's like, I choose to be a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he and Vincent does the Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, where he, he dives back in toward the planet with one arm outstretched, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, um, he fucking just... He's letting off, like, cool, just, like, lightning energy. Yeah, it's super. Cool. I will say the 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 imagery of when Vincent is in the air or fucking like low space or whatever coming back because he's ahead of Omega now. Like Omega is, in fact, blasting off into space. When we actually see Omega coming up through the atmosphere, it's incredibly in it's like intimidating. It's it's a bunch of like energy with like air moving around it and getting out of the way of it. It's. It's wild looking. Why yeah. do these cutscenes look better than Advent Children? Yeah. I guess they're... The, that's the power of the PS2, baby. Uh, yeah, I guess it's just a, a video, so they can do that. I mean, it came out like a year later, so I feel like... like yeah, they already had all the models. Yeah. I'm just like, this stuff just looks a lot more colorful and interesting a lot of the fights I saw in Advent Children. Yeah, that's fair. In my opinion. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. It's fucking wild. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, but Vincent busts through and just like blasts off... Bustin does make him feel good, and uh, <laughs> Omega is no more, and we kind of just see the rest of our homies down on the surface. Oh my god, that giant shockwave that just completely, like, we'd see, like, a quick sh shot of the Earth, or, I guess, the home planet, if it is the Earth. Yeah, yeah we, see, yeah, we see Earth or whatever with, like, a, a big Dragon Ball Z explosion taking up a good portion of it. Classic. Thankfully, uh, it's just uh, live stream juice, I'm guessing, not, like explosive energy although i feel like at the end with holy and there is all that live stream energy um in at the end of final fantasy 7 that fucked a lot of shit up as we learned in advent yeah, yeah. <laughs> i thought that was just from all the fucking meteor hurricanes and shit yeah it could have been that i forget <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> shit's stupid i feel like they did a thing where they were like holy was actually part of uh caused issues for people who knows who has the time we'll get to advent <laughs> children properly someday probably but we see a cool like shot from the ground of Midgar and the the sky, which was glowing, just this sickly green now just is fading until like, like maybe an aftershock. You see the atmosphere splitting open and there's just the stars, just, the sky is turning black. Like, again. It's the yeah, opposite yeah. of a Ken Burns effect. Is that what the Ken Burns is? <laughs> Ken Burns is a slow pan. OK, then it's not that it's uh, instead it is the end of Looney Tunes when it zooms in Here's as a circle. Oh my god. Shulk, not now. <laughs> yeah, Shulk is doing a neural net dive into my my Apple Watch trying to tell me what the Ken Burns effect is. Here, dipshit, listen. She's getting sick of me. <laughs> it's just a Star Wars transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's super cool. 
because uh, now I, I think they're probably they're standing near Midgar, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all they're all still like, like... what was once Midgar, yeah, uh, presumably, yeah. and there's just nothing but stars in the sky. Like right. as this dissipates, they can see stars, which I feel like is probably a thing that Midgar didn't really get to Have do before, all yeah. that often. Yeah, and and there's it's it's kind of a neat little ending here because um, there there's not a lot to it. It's very um triumphant because like we say like the the sickly green glow is gone you can see the stars again the music's indicating that like it's all over vincent has defeated chaos but vincent doesn't come back down and we see yuffie like looking into into the space like into the sky presumably looking for vincent but he never arrives and and now we start seeing a bunch of the life stream uh starting to like get pulled back towards uh the planet and yeah and as the camera starts to like look around to like maybe maybe he's over here maybe he's up in the sky still the credits just start rolling over top of the screen like this is the yeah. end of it right so yeah. like I, I think this is done very well executive producer Dick Wolf it says <laughs> that's right and uh, the second gag song of the soundtrack Redemption starts playing which is pretty cool yeah but yeah it's a nice slow burn we see some like slow Ken burn it, it looks like pyreflies but they're purple or whatever which like Vincent's like energy color kind of like yeah maybe chaos has also been dissipated in all this maybe maybe that's kind of what I was thinking um, and we see some like energy like that flo- like falling down toward the, the ground and right before the screen goes to black to show the rest of the credits we see the chain that's on uh, Vincent's Cerberus gun just hooked on a piece like a a, his, his cell phone a random piece of metal. Yeah, we see his little <laughs> cell phone charm just like snagged on a, a random piece of metal sticking out of the wreckage, right? And that's the last thing we see before the screen goes black. R.I.P. R.I.P. Vincent. R.I.P. to a real, real one. one. I like that. That's great. It's a great yeah, way to end really, it. Really? Really cool. It's very quick. It's very quick, yeah. I kind of appreciate it, like, and it's done. Like I said, it's, it's a big over. climax. Yeah, it's like <laughs> 20 seconds in between chaos exploded or uh, uh, Omega exploding and going to black. Yeah. And so then we, uh, we read through the credits one by one. Yeah. So we're going to say theme song by Gact, of course, as you know, a lot of people worked very hard on this game. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Frank gonna, Sinatra. Yeah. yeah. Battle <laughs> programmer Yusuke Matsui. But yeah, no, the, it, it goes through the, the whole, I think it's the whole credits crawl. Right. And then we get finally the, uh, go the, to Moby games. If you want to know the, all the whole list. <laughs> Everyone has to, for this episode's homework, you have to read through every name. That's right. We're going to quiz and you. And also you have to read on the disc where it says that uh, we broke the law by Twitch streaming it. <laughs> Voice actors. I do like that there was one point in the, uh, there was a Project G Ooh, in the, that? Uh, in, that was like credited and G is credited as Gact. And I'm just like, but there's a character named G. <laughs> well, uh, well, we hear some G voice acting here in a second. Yeah, depending on if you did something correctly. Yeah. At the end, and the end of the credits, it fades back up, and uh, we still see like Midgard kind of just showered in a uh, live stream. Yeah. Rain. Yeah. And we zoom down and down, and we actually see the the uh, the pod that Shalua was in. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm actually kind of like bummed to like wait. Yeah, Shalua dead. Everyone just forgot about her. <laughs> Sid's like, oh yeah, the uh, high wind got lost. Like, oh yeah, is my my sister is fine, right? You got her, like. Uh, what, yeah, what? yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they did have their like last message with each other, right? Where Shalua was like, "Yo, I'm moving on now." Yeah, and Shellcaster not to do mm, it. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Shalua's dead, right? Yeah, Shalua's dead as shit. <laughs> that sucks, man. Fuck. 
It's really a bummer, yeah. Like there's just like her cracked open pod, and it's just a quick close up of her face as yeah. some live stream kind of drifts past her. Yeah. And then I think we what see like a little quick little time jump. Yeah, a little time jump. Uh, we hear. Yeah, we see some beautiful flowers. Yeah, we see Midgar being uh, like a, a nice pristine like shot of Midgar by the ocean. Two thousand years later. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. It feels this is like the same it. shot as. Um... I think uh, as the end of Final Fantasy VII, where we see Rin it's 13. similar. It's not as grown over because like, yeah, like, well, yeah. I mean, it's not at that at that time frame, but I think yeah, like yeah. POV wise, I think it's supposed yeah, to be the same. Yeah. The same cliff. Yeah, fucking seagulls everywhere. But uh, we hear a voiceover from Shelk, and then Shelk kind of narrates the end of the game, right? Mm-hmm. She says, uh, "Vincent, it has almost been a week since that day. So it's only one week later. Um, the life stream has returned to the planet and has begun to flow normally once again." And then we see her in seventh heaven or wherever like Tifa's new bar is, right? In Edge. Yeah, this yeah, seventh heaven in Edge. Uh this is the one that's in uh Advent Children. And like it it looks real cozy. I was like, yo, I would go here. This looks like a it nice It looks cozy, cafe. but it also looks like it doesn't have as much soul as the original seventh heaven. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it restaurant impossible. This is like when they tear down your favorite bar and replace it with some gentrified like exactly. kind of that, that was quote exa- unquote Irish pub and there's just like cafe art all over <laughs> the walls that they got like yeah. at like crate and barrel. Yeah, it, it reminds me of back in the day, um, me and uh creepy Dave from uh I shouldn't call him Creepy Dave. That's kind of, I guess, only like his internet handle. I'm just going to call him Dave. Dave uh, from from Daycare Dittos. Uh, Daycare he, he Dave. Lived in, he lived in uh, Patterson, New Jersey, and we would always go. I would always go and hang out there, and there was this place called Paul's that was a really charming, just like crappy dive bar. They had Long Island iced teas that were blue and stuff, and that was like the place that my friends always went to. Um, and... It ended up on Restaurant Impossible, and <laughs> like I went there after the fact with them, and it like kind of had the same vibe because it was still the same people running it and stuff. But it was like kind of lost its soul a little bit, and like yeah. you could tell that like it probably looked good when they were filming it and everything, but everything was clearly just like painted over and kind of shitty and just like you're like, well, it doesn't have the same charm now, and now it just looks like gentrified bullshit. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Tifa has an excuse though because her bar was literally destroyed yeah, by a plate yeah. falling onto it, so it's fine. But uh, but she's there. Um, she's enjoying a cu- uh, a nice cuppa, and uh, is <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming just like, oh wait, it, it's revealed that she's writing a text basically to Vince. Yeah, she's writing him like an SMS message. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, dear Vince, I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. <laughs> but yeah, like so, Shulk is talking. I said, do you remember last? Word? I don't know how far you got into this, Curtis. I said, uh, the live stream has returned to the planet once again, um, and she says. I have started to fill the 10 year hole in my life or at least started to try. And like, again, I I like that. That's to me, that's like the, the main thing of this game is that Shell and Vincent both have these big gaps in their life where they didn't get to live. And so I Mm -hmm. like that they brought that up and actually said that at the end. I was like, ah, thematic. That's a thing. I like that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now that I realize I'm not alone, I think I may be a little stronger than I was before. And then we see kind of like a pan over on the other side of the, um, the, I guess it's a cafe at this point. So yeah, it's not a bar yeah. anymore. But we hear see Yuffie is like, "Hey, have you heard it from Cloud?" And Tifa's like, "I haven't heard it." He hasn't found anything. He's like, "Ain't gonna make this easy for us, is he?" So I think that like, are they still like looking for Vincent? At this Vincent, point? probably, yeah. yeah. Which like, as we'll see in a second, 
the first fucking place they should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it's at. So. There's two places you should go to first when Vincent goes missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, the same order. You could not be faulted for going to either. One, the coffin in the Shinra Major exactly. basement. Yeah. Uh, two, where he fucking is, which is yeah. in like the, the Lucrezia Crystal yeah. Cave. <laughs> hey, it's a long walk there. I'm so, like from Midgar. Yeah, true. All the They're way like, to- fuck, we got to breed Chocobos again <laughs> to get there. Uh, Shulk says, Vincent, do you remember the last words we exchanged? Do you remember our promise or your promise to Lucrezia? Go and tell her how you feel. Tell her what is truly in your heart. I know that you will probably never see this, but I have to try. I have to believe. She sets her phone down and then we finally see Red 13. The game's good now. (laughs) Yeah, what's Red up to? He's just sitting outside 7th Heaven. He was going to go and help, but he was like laying in a sunbeam and he felt really good. So he's like, "Eh, I'll just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just take it here. Him and Shulk have the same colored hair, kind of. Yeah, yeah. she sits down beside him or whatever. I do like that Shulk's phone is pretty much just the, uh, the what the fuck brand was it? It was the Envy. It was like the Envy 3. I don't it was remember like, that. It was past the, the sidekick, but it was like a... Oh, yeah. It was like a phone on its face, so you could use it like a phone with like the T9 texting. And then you can uh, you can open it up and it has like a full QWERTY t- keyboard on it. Oh, yeah. I had that in like senior year of high school and I fucking loved it. It has a weird looking phone. Uh, it looks like it has a card reader built into it. Like she can take transactions. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe she can add minutes to it. Maybe it's a burner phone. Oh, she can like, yeah. add minutes with a credit card. <laughs> um, but yeah, we um, the scene. We are now back in the crystal, right? Yeah, exactly. It changes to the crystal cave. Um, and of course, Vincent is there. Um, and Lucrezia is in, in the Are we to assume that Lucrezia like preserved herself in this thing or something? Man, it doesn't answer that question <laughs> at all. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's probably some shit in one of those huge encyclopedias. It's like when uh, Sephiroth was in his crystal. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I'm sure there's extended universe fiction somewhere that explains how she got in the in the preservative crystal or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, Vincent's cool. He's just like Lucretia. Everything's all right now. Omega and Chaos have returned to the planet. So yeah, I guess that means Omega or yeah, Chaos is out of him. Yeah, yeah. which is I, I like that ending for Vincent. Yeah, it's, it's nice for Vincent exciting. and for Lucretia. Yeah. He's still kind of talking to her. Um, he says, thank you. It was you. You were the reason I survived, which which yeah. is true. He says, I'm <laughs> not a perfect person. And uh, we see him smile for the first time. It's I don't even have to use an app for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank <laughs> God that, yeah. But yeah, yeah. We see Vincent smile. Is like, is, we see his whole face. And he kind of like smirks and walks away. He has a little smirk. He leaves. Uh, he, and, uh, he cries uh, a single tear. Oh, he doesn't. Uh, Lucrezia does. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. That's right. You're right. Vincent, meanwhile, cries many tears because he's a <laughs> soft boy. That's right. And we love him for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't even notice that when we see his tears, actually, like, they tastefully, like, um, made it so that the surface that we're looking at is reflecting him walking away. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even notice that he was there. I'm yeah. like, it's a cool little director's choice. And she just says, when you walk away, you, you don't, don't hear, hear me say, say, please, oh, baby, don't go. <laughs> Sounds so fucking good. Um, but he emerges to the surface out of his little sad hole. And uh, I'm, it's funny. I was actually thinking of this should be like uh, Vincent just, just being like in a polo, like in that episode of uh, Metalocalypse where they're where they're all like going to the therapy or whatever. And they're all like wearing like the band stickers and shit. They're all just wearing like polos and like button up shirts and khakis. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of cool. Awesome. They, they introduce uh, an extended universe here because Vincent walks outside and sees Kyrie from uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> no, no, Yo, he sees I, Shulk well, wearing, yeah. a, uh, a, wearing a 
normal people clothes. I yeah, guess. Not, Shulk's not wearing normal cyberpunk. clothes, which is cool. I, I like her outfit. I, I really liked that a lot. It, de it definitely does make her look like Kyrie. It uh, does. Yeah, the, the pink shirt. It's yeah. a similar kind of design. Good job, Namora. She's nineteen, though. I don't know. Again, I just don't like. Is she just gonna be forever? Like, yeah, I, I'm oh, wondering yeah. too. I, I'm wondering. I guess um, maybe Reeve did some shit to reverse the fact that she needs like Mako. I mean, she, I mean, she has like a little Mako patch. Like, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a nicotine patch. You Mako yeah, patch. or it could be you know like a like an insulin pump or something. Maybe um, that's true. Yeah. So I don't know if that yeah. if she still has to rely on that now if she'll start aging or not. But who knows? We'll, we'll never know. Yeah. Will Vincent start? We're gonna aging? have to leave that for Dirge of Cerberus too. Yeah, that's right. Um, Which honestly fucking might still happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point. Here's how Dirge of Cerberus 2 can still win. It would be... I tell you what, not, I don't, not that I think this will happen, but since they are putting the Dirge of Cerberus lore in the FF7 remake now, it would be the most insane unhinged shit of all time to like have FF7 remake 3 and you just kill Sephiroth and then, like, there's an episode four, and like, G is the main bad guy or whatever. Yeah. Like, holy shit! <laughs> Honestly, I would be here for that. I'd be here for that. Uh, yeah. No, no. After playing Dirge of Cerberus, I literally do think that it it's made me look forward to Final Fantasy VII remake. Like, yeah, yeah. Future same. games coming yeah. out because I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I I'll take more of this. This game actually has made me um excited to play as Vincent and remake at least. Me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah very just like, much ooh, so. that'll be kind of fun to play in that system, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Sh uh, Shelk says right before the end of the game she says everybody's waiting vincent valentine i don't know why they made me come up here and get you not that i mind though <laughs> that's a good question what are they waiting on him for does len do his thing yeah let well, him I get, fucking, you know they're just... worried about him i understand there's no ceremony or anything happening like hey he dude, has to like, get his medal of yavin i feel like he would hate i know it's star wars though. thing sorry <laughs> yeah not that i mind though yeah, not that i mind very though. good and that's the uh that's the last um thing said we see another smiley vincent shot and uh we oh yeah, and the camera pans up when we see the moon, but not just the moon. We see the remnants. Yeah, Omega <laughs> is just in sh complete shards, just floating in the atmosphere now. So I sick. like the idea that like he blew up Omega, who is close enough to the surface to be able to see like the remaining pieces of Omega, but also it's just caught in Earth's orbit now. <laughs> so it's just gonna go around forever. Maybe it's only been a week. Yeah, I feel like it, it'll either stay there forever or it will have horrible consequences. <laughs> it rains down when it like finally a returns to the atmosphere. Yeah. It's like we're finally put the finishing uh, touches on Edge. It is now as fully <laughs> functional as a city <laughs> as Midgar once was. Oh, no. <laughs> so, if we had collected all the G the reports, G reports. I mean, the we haven't G even reports. read any of the G reports. So, yeah, actually, let's read those. Yeah. yeah. Let's go through them. Yeah. Since that is uh, relevant to this, yeah, we would normally see the end, but we don't because we collected all our G reports, right? Yeah, we all uh, did our I homework. Didn't. We're definitely not uh, looking off of uh, any kind of cheating website. Oh, you know what? Before we get to the uh, G report, I don't think we need to read all of the um, the Omega reports or anything like that. I think the Omega, yeah, the, the Omega reports kind of just recap literally everything that we've known. Yeah, now. I was gonna say the only thing I really like I was gonna bring up in those at all is that. At the end of them, they just theorize that, okay, so what chaos is, is like an anti-life stream that the planet put there in that cave. Like chaos comes from that cave, that crystal cave, to just be like a, eh, it just needs to be a check and balance just in case the Omega thing gets out of hand. Yeah. 
that that's that's the only part of that I thought was you know worth kind of going over. Yeah, by, and and by controlling chaos with the proto materia, the planet was also able to succeed in preventing the advent of Omega until obviously Deep Ground. Hmm, advent. So like, yeah, I think I think it's basically. Uh, kind of says that like chaos was supposed to be the one to usher in the event the cataclysmic event that would take the live stream and, and cause omega to rise like basically chaos would destroy the world and omega would be the the salvation force so it's cool yeah. that with deep ground and the story of this game that was completely inverted yeah yeah um so g the first thing you have to know about g is that it's gacked it's just gacked he's got his voice oh is that gacked's voice uh, yeah that we're talking sense. about the cutscene now not yet I mean, we're talking about I'll talk about the reports, but like, yeah, they're they're mostly kind of just filling in like this thing about. I think this is just a tie-in for like. I'm not sure if we nearly need to talk cover it because it's not really relevant to the plot of Dirge Cerberus. It's just kind of I think it's a cool nod. Um, it feels like they were kind of plugging this in to kind of get people interested in uh, Crisis Core, which does center around this character G, which is short for Genesis. Right. So there's three G reports, and and the thing is like, so I haven't played. Uh, Crisis Core, I haven't, you know, really looked into before Crisis. So if you've only played Seven and then this, I think it, it, it's kind of neat. It almost serves as like this, like surprise, surprise. There was something happening in the background the whole time, and you didn't even know it. Again, you know, yeah. So like a little, a little Easter egg, I guess. Um, and there's three reports. the uh, The first one is just kind of mentions who G is, right? It's like, okay, so there's this thing called Soldier. It's the most powerful soldiers around, right? And there's two super soldiers within it. One of them is S in quotes and like, okay. The infamous S. The infamous S. So like, all right, Sephiroth, I get it. A symbol of strength and destruction. Of course, they're talking about cloud strike. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and the other one, it says, the other remains, it's shrouded in an eldritch veil of shadows. All records of this man's existence have been deleted. The only remnant of his legacy being the lone letter G. And so there's, oh, somebody as strong as Sephiroth's out there. Yeah. Sephiroth, they made another one? They made another one. Um, and then the second report says, G, we can only begin to imagine who this enigmatic warrior might be. There are rumors that he is a biochemically constructed prototype for the soldier who become S. However, there are no documents to support these claims. In fact, there's little information on G that has existed made nothing but fabrication. So Total again, fabrication. Mystery, mystery. Yeah. We made it up. <laughs> we gotcha. It's a, f it's a fake. <laughs> the only thing that may give insight to this mystery is a lone personnel record, which indicates that several years ago, a soldier first class was assigned a top secret mission to pursue the target referred to only as G. Unfortunately, any data, any further data has been lost or destroyed. So again. Yeah. Soldier so, soldier first class uh, went to go and... and take down G. Unfortunately, there's no record of that mission. Yeah. That's obviously the tie-in to Crisis Core, right? Well, except for this record that we're looking at right yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. All these records just refer to other records. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's we like get... when you go through like older, you have to go in the Wayback Machine because a lot of the links in the old GameFAQs things lead to dead GeoCity sites and stuff. That's what G stands for. <laughs> GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> um, the yeah, last so one obviously... is the most interesting, I think, though. Uh, yes. Um, where it says G slumbers below Midgar, silently abiding his awakening. Or so tell the stories of the vagrants who dwell in the slums of the Mephitic metropolis. However, talking about deep ground? I, I think so, yeah. Could there exist some truth behind these rumors? Being one of the few who is involved in their construction, 
I know all too well the vast caverns that sprawl beneath the city streets. Is this written by Reeve? And anyway, I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> this will more than likely be my final entry. The last fragment of data I have uncovered reads as follows. Soldiers branded with epithets of color. These are the hell spawn of G. And so I think that means the Sviets. The like Sviets. the reason why they have all these crazy abilities is because like they've been genetically engineered using G. G is the big boss of this world and like everyone else is like we need to clone him and yeah. use his like there's a super soldier we're obsessed with yeah, and we need I to mean, like replicate it, his abilities. I guess in the same way that the, the villains in Advent Children are like Sephiroth clones or some shit like they're you know what I mean like they were like yeah. offshoots of Sephiroth and kind of similar it's the same sort of thing with uh, with Genesis and the Sviets you know yeah. they're just kind of offshoots of his i mean i kind of get like what they're going although i for. guess it's more so like you were saying with like that because shelk we know shelk's origin yeah yeah i don't know it's a fucking final fantasy 70 she's not she was never really a sphere to be yeah with, I think, right oh yeah true well yeah she doesn't have a color name does she not really i mean it's uh we, we actually uh shout out to shade Emp again and we were actually talking about this the wiki says it's an uh, uh urdu name for orange it would make sense. I mean, her eyes always turn orange when she does anything, so. Yeah. The closest match could be the Finnish word, uh, shelkia, which means clear, because that actually makes sense because oh, she is shel- yeah. transparent That's fair. as well. That's a good name for her. It's cool. Yeah. But um, but, uh, but if we collected all three of those, yes. we get an additional cutscene. Um, That's right. It's kind of like a post-credit thing before that was everywhere yeah like yeah the, the marvel movies kind of really made that a thing marvel ripped um, off ff7 yeah. um so yeah we see a kind of once again like from below midgar pan down assumingly where like omega was defeated and we yeah, see and like vice the, fell into the floor at the end of our fight with him so it kind yeah. of just shows like where he's ended up he's just like yeah he's just in a little under ground just lake or something yeah like little cavern um he's yeah he's on just like a little island in the middle of the water and uh notably there's like two swords kind of just jutting out of the ground near him yeah Yeah, but there's a a huge burst of like energy that kind of starts culminating a bunch of like electricity is kind of flowing all around and it i guess culminates it it comes from him oh yeah um and there's there's just a giant like orb that's kind of sitting there it's like a blue orb that starts kind of glowing orange yeah oh yeah and we see a quick, sweet, quick shot of a human eye, not a CG human eye, an actual live action human eye awakening. Oh, is it? Damn, I didn't even yeah. notice that. Uh, I didn't, yeah, that's awesome. Um, but there's a, uh, you, you see some of the uh, stalactites falling from the sky or from the, the, the roof as this energy is building up and it kind of like bursts out. And then we kind of see um, a, a cloaked f- or, or like a cool ass like leather kind of outfit yeah. outfitted fella just kind of falls onto the ground uh it's like a, a superhero pose you know like on his knees with the fist in the I, ground. i do like that this guy is like the eldritch secret fucking like dude behind it all but also he's just got a real nice fashion sense too he's also yeah, got like super nice hair and he's just like really pretty this is visual k as fuck yeah visual k as fuck dude yeah, yeah, yeah. let's go we, we already said that this is literally gacked live action yeah um, it's just gacked. yeah and this whole character is straight up like I think even if you look up the uh, cover art for the single he released for the um, for the two songs he did, it, he's wearing this outfit, yeah. which is actually red. That's awesome. It's like a red leather 
but the scene is mostly just blue and white because of just the lighting. Yeah, he's he's walking on the water. It's kind of uncertain if it's like deep water and he's walking on the water. Probably, maybe. Probably Jesusy shit. Get some Jesusy shit, but it could also just be very shallow. You know, water. There's His just... name is Genesis. Yeah. His real name is Peter Gabriel. <laughs> That's the G sense for, right? But yeah, he walks up to uh, Vice's corpse and and picks it up and is, and is holding him. Yeah, and he says to him, "It is not yet time for slumber." We have still much voice work to do. voice is wild. Oh my god, his English voice is so fucking wild. But anyway. It is not time for yet for slumber. He's like, he's like a fucking Dracula. <laughs> it is not yet time for slumber. We still have much work to do. My brother. <laughs> Everyone's vice is brother. And then, importantly, he sprouts one singular wing mm-hmm. on the opposite shoulder of Sephiroth. <laughs> yeah. It's a black wing. Oh yep. my gosh. The other one-winged mm. angel. Gacked. Yeah, yeah. Which, like, okay, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought that was kind of cool that I, you know, like, oh yeah, for they call sure, Sephiroth right? the one wing angel, and he has the one like extra wing, and then like, boom, G has the other one. That's cool. Yeah, that's super cool. I would like to see them the do animation, a fusion. The, he blasts dance. off. He right? blasts off like fucking Team yeah. Rocket. Yeah, the animation for him blasting off is a little strange because you see the there's like a fraction of a second where it kind of delays because I feel like yeah. when, you, when you when your wing goes down, you should, it, equal force should push him up. But he pushes down and then he goes up. I think it's more of an aesthetic wing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> not not so much for functionality. And since it's his, uh, his left wing, he can only make right turns. <laughs> that's right, that's right. He's just spiraling up like a... But yeah, he, he flies up towards the, uh, the very full bright moon. Um, yeah, which is interesting because I guess this is directly after the Genesis thing and not like the week later. Like this isn't after the events with Shelkin. It could be like a month later, I guess. <laughs> True. Yeah. True. Who, know, who knows? Like okay, yeah, we get no back to the next one. I, I would like to think our party would try and go and find the body of uh, of Vice and take care of it, but uh, at the same time, it took them a fucking week to find Vincent in his, his <laughs> in the one haunt, place where he would so, be. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we see some feathers kind of fall, some some black feathers fall towards the uh, the camera, yeah. and uh, that's it. That's, and that's uh, we see the end. The end. That's not only the end of Dirge of Cerberus. That is the end of the FF Seven compilation. Like that yeah. is the last chronologically. Yeah, yeah. like chronologically, that's the last thing to happen in Final Fantasy Seven. Which is interesting and raises the question: like maybe they were planning on doing more with it, and then never did. I mean, obviously they did do more with Final Fantasy VII when we're speaking in 2022. But I'm wondering if they were like, okay, we're going to do more with these characters and have, uh, you know, Genesis. We're going to have him be the the next big bad guy, right? Which I mean, they might still be fucking doing. Like they, yeah, the the jury's still out on it. We got Ever Crisis, which is supposed to kind of like be a Cliff Notes version of like the entire like ff7 timeline right so yeah. they will probably bring all this stuff back yeah like genesis is probably going to be in uh final fantasy 7 remake they've introduced weiss and stuff like i remember when when they were kind of showing um some of the stuff for i guess in uh intermission, intermission? or uh, integrate or whatever a lot of people integrates were... the name of the entire like ff7 plus intermission oh, okay, package, okay. which is really confusing okay. intermission is Dude, it's just also the confusing DLC. just getting that shit it's like you have a free copy because you bought this version of it and then like i don't even like people will be like starting to try and play it now and they're like well i have a free copy but i don't know how to get it and i'm like i went through this exact same thing <laughs> and i could not tell you what i did to get the free version because it's so fucking confusing I, I, um i think it's kind of cool in a way that so like obviously Tetsuya Nomura is directing the FF7 remake like he's the director of it and he obviously worked on FF7 and 
dirge of cerberus as well and i think that's it's kind of cool to be like you are a large part of the development team in 1997 and then he developed the aesthetic and he just kind of became like the ringleader yeah and then 26 years later you get to work on the same project again but this time you're You're directing it like it's your machine (laughs) and so that's kind of interesting the the even more interesting thing about that too is i think i was reading interviews and i might have talked about this at some point on the podcast but um I think they didn't really tell Nomura that he was going to be the main director of it Uh, because they didn't want him to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Like they didn't want him to like be afraid to do that. So they were kind of just like giving him more and more of the project piece by piece and be like, Hey, can you work on this Nomura? Like, can you take a look at this? And then eventually they were just like, yeah, by the way, you're just the director. Like this is your (laughs) thing now. And he's like, Oh shit. Like, if I understand correctly, that's something that I read a while ago. I don't have a source for it. Um, I, I think it's just it's cool that, you know, obviously he wasn't in charge of um, a lot of the original FF7. Like there were things mm-hmm. that weren't on his uh, responsibilities. But increasingly as FF7 and the compilation went on, he became increasingly involved with all of those things. So it's kind of neat to be like, all right, well, you had a, such a hand in making all of these. Put it together as you see fit now. And so we're getting like yeah. the intermission and stuff like that. And I think that's actually kind of cool. I do think it's cool. It, 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 this game really has made me more excited about, you know, what the future holds for Final Fantasy VII. Because, like, at the time, even though I liked this game when I played it at first, I never really had too much affection for it the way that I do with the original. Yeah. Right. Um, but I'm kind of just like, you know what? Give me more Weiss. Give me more of that bullshit. Make it campy, you know. Yeah. Just all. Bring it on. I'm down for it. Now that we're finished the Dirge, like, I am feeling like. Even though like Final Fantasy VII is a game, it feels more like a book because of like how much of your brain has to kind of fill in the gaps, like mm-hmm. because it's mostly very text based. Yeah. So I'm always wondering like how much like when you bring something like that and flesh it out so like to a point where everything is like they can literally show you all the details of everything that's happening. Yeah. If th- that like ruins people's expectations and things like oh no they adapted it wrong that's not how it's supposed to be <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah i mean you can never really and even even if you have the most polished video game of all time it, it doesn't matter there's still going to be things that when it was in development had to change or just ended up changing or you know it's never going to be like it's never the work of just one singular person Unless it's Stardew Valley, which is a perfect game and everyone should play it. Uh, it's never the work of a single person. With Unless like, you want to do that one mod that adds Vincent as your dog. <laughs> <laughs> then you can improve it even better. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so it's in the Final Fantasy VII canon. Um, <laughs> Where does Stardew Valley fall in the timeline? <laughs> um, yeah, but... Uh, you know, like video games are an ever changing thing. Um, even, you know, what we interpret as Final Fantasy VII, like the original, our interpretation of it could be completely different than what the developers intended yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and that's what makes yeah. this kind of shit so fun, just talking about it and hearing other people's perspectives. And like, like my whole thing with the, the remake when I was kind of like feeling like let down by it and not liking it and not liking the direction it was going in, my main takeaway was like, well, this is a game that is not for me but i think there's a lot of people that this is extremely for and i'm very happy that they're going to get to experience yeah, it in that right. way because i don't really need that you know what i mean like i can just go back and play the original and be yeah, super yeah. happy ff7 so I wasn't, like, is perfect ruining it. So, i was like yeah. yeah i was just like eh, not really for me but i'm glad it's making other people happy it's the star wars of like jrpgs where everyone's like this is like the first one and then all the spin-offs are like a different kind of 
component of that and in every single one of those like spinoffs is going to be everyone's favorite version of that thing. yeah exactly yeah. it feels like like oh this is like the the more jrpg version this is like the more fighty version this is like the shooting Her guys version. is the more fighty version clearly or smash brothers <laughs> now i guess add g to smash brothers yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yo, fucking add jack and just have him fucking just like turn kirby into crystal and mix smash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be his final smash or whatever. He just grabs somebody and then turns them into crystal. Game. Game. <laughs> um, do you guys have anything else to say about Dirge of Cerberus? Yeah, what are, what are our final thoughts about Dirge of Cerberus? Game good. Game good, actually. <laughs> game good, fun, weird, fucking mechanically doesn't hold up super well, but it's not unplayable and it's got weird it could be It could be so much worse. It could like be so much worse. That, yeah. It could be a lot better. But. I think playing it the way we did helped a lot because I feel like if you pl- just plowed through the entire thing, it can feel really like maybe a real slog. Mm-hmm. A slog and short, I guess. At the same well, time. Yeah. Perhaps. Like somehow, yeah. Because it throws a lot at you to have has has you kind of connect a lot of dots on your own. Also, like the types of gameplay don't vary too much until the very like last quarter of the game, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. It can feel really real boring for a while yeah. but i think because we were breaking up and kind of focusing more on the story of it it helped yeah. a lot i appreciate a lot and i think it was really kind of a, a fun strange little thing and also i'd love to uh you know see these characters that were optional kind of get their own yeah yeah own little game to kind of thrive in because they were not in any of the cutscenes of the original game. i like that um it, you know kind of carrying off what you're saying there it was fun playing it the way that we did over so much time because it really gave every area every area felt like a big thing instead of just a small piece on the way to the next one so when i'm thinking back about the earlier stages i'm like wow it really was a different time like the yeah. early stages are really different than the later stages you just start and calm and then like before you know it we're like I mean, and the yeah, sewers, the sewers yeah. and, then we're, and then like the haunted house level, you got the sewer level, you got the cool like reactor level. We were revisiting. We're Shira. in the edge. We we're fighting in the town yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah like a lot kind of happened. Like, you know what I mean? For a short game. I, I feel like it was weirdly ambitious for like, I mean, if you go back and play it now, you might be like, this was ambitious. But like, I mean, it's historically. They're working a, on 12. I think that I think 12 came out the same year. So there was uh, a lot of like. Yeah, I'm sure there's like a lot of like split labor and stuff where maybe people are hopping back and forth. And just so, so vastly different from any other thing in the Final Fantasy VII world. But, you know, it still kind of has a lot of the charm. The story, they obviously really put a lot of care and and thought into, even though we dunked on it the whole season. There's a lot of holes, but it's fine. Yeah, like the holes, like that could also just be that we are kind of just giving a a cursory glance at this game and just being like, oh, it's dumb, whatever. Like, you know, like there's been plenty of times this season where I was corrected or immediately found out information that was like <laughs> right. later on like I, I feel like they they did have a lot of love for this these characters in this game and it really shows I agree. give me the novelization that fills in all the on the way to a smile <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely i think a thing that makes a lot of um the final fantasy series in general like especially starting with um four like four on through probably up to 15 um uh, at least up to at least up to 13 is that they're they're written well in the way that they have themes. They all have like an overarching uh, kind of thing to say, you know, like, like you can take final fantasy games and what makes them good as RPGs in comparison to a lot of like more generic JRPGs is that like, they have something to say all of them do. Right. Um, Like an FF seven, the original one, you know, you have this idea of like, you can't ever break off of whatever 
course your life is on right that's like the thing is like trying to get off of where your life's going um and i think to me i think the theme for all of the characters but especially like i've said before i think my favorite part is vincent and shelk is this idea of like lost time or losing things right like everybody in this game has experienced some kind of weird loss and it hasn't been allowed to live their life the way they wanted to lucrezia has all that trauma that she has like to deal with with um Vincent's father and Hojo and all that like she's gotten a lot of stuff taken away from her there's like yeah. people who are being kidnapped who are having their shit taken away from them uh, and Vincent and Shelk both have an entire decade of their life that's just gone and then like learning how to like deal with it afterwards and like be in charge of their lives again and I thought that that was really strong and so I like I actually thought the plot was a lot better than I thought it was going to be before <laughs> I played the game where I was like Oh, it's just going to be dumb and edgy and like stupid. You know what I mean? But it yeah. wasn't, and I, don't know. I think that's to its uh, to its benefit. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, appreciate this type of game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun to switch it up. You know, it's fun to like accept like this is dumb, and I think it's okay to be dumb and enjoy it for being dumb. If it yeah, yeah, if you can take something that's dumb and find like some worth in it when it like deserves the worth, like it's like that's that just sounds like a kind of miserable existence to be like well, everything <laughs> right. must be super cool and up to my standards of what is cool and stuff like I love just being like this is dumb as hell and it fucking rules like I'm I'm all for that yeah I love that stuff I think of stuff. the only other thing um that I can really think of is that like Lucrezia like what an interesting character because I remember finishing a, Final Fantasy 7 yeah. and being like I want to know more about like Vincent's past I want to know about his like sin or whatever I want to know about like what happened with Lucrezia I need to know more about her and stuff like you get like the little tiny little pieces of it like knowing that she's Sephiroth's mom and all of that and I wanted to know more and this is not at all what I expected and at first I was like I don't really like that characterization of her but I really do enjoy it I think she definitely had the best of intentions and like yeah. wanted to do right and wanted to do like what was good for the world but kind of just especially after the the death of ghast i think hojo is just such a a prominent force that is just like such yeah. a fucking bastard that he just like got all of her good intentions and twisted it in the worst possible way and created like a hell for her personally you know? right right and and a hell for literally everyone else on the planet <laughs> I think, you know, also like before, um, before like the worst parts of Lucrezia's story, right? I, I think that it, it does a decent job of continuing a theme from FF7 of just like science without ethics, right? Yeah. Because like we see that Lucrezia is not a bad person, right? But like she is a victim and perpetrator of science without ethics. And yeah, that like absolutely. causes Grimoire to die, right? So like I thought yeah. that was pretty cool by running that. So, yeah. Game good. So we're we're kind of at the end of this episode and this season. Um, so obviously we need to talk about what game we're going to be doing next season. But before that, I do have something very, very important that I need to talk about. I'm going to take you guys back to February 1st of uh, the year 2022. What were you doing February 1st, 2022, Alex? I don't know. I can tell you what I was doing. And that was finishing up an episode of this podcast and immediately afterwards going to uh, Wawa down the street. And, <gasps> oh my uh, God, it's time. I'm ready. <laughs> and ordering a hamburger. And unintentionally, I did not update everyone for weeks, not because I was like, oh, this is going to be such a good bit or whatever, but literally just because I didn't have time by the time we got to that part of the podcast. I just want to let all the listeners 
listeners know, Carl did not tell me that he was getting ready to do this, so I'm genuinely no, excited no, I, right I, now. I like, forgot about it until like doing the episode. I was like, shit. Um, so it's worth saying I immediately went out and got one myself. Yeah. I went out to get one and then chickened out and got pasta instead. Nice. I mean, that was probably a solid move. It was good. Um, but I think I, if I remember correctly, I got the double cheeseburger, which plays into it a little bit. Um, you get bacon? Here are my notes. Of course, I, I got the double bacon cheeseburger. Uh, here are my notes. One, spilling out. <laughs> Looks not encouraging. <laughs> way too large. Might not be the fault of the Wawa burger. Again, I got the double cheeseburger and it was way larger than I thought. It definitely looked like it was like shitty, like cafeteria I was food gonna in say, the worst way. And yeah. I was like really worried about that. The lettuce was very concerning looking and the cheese wasn't melted. So I was like, oh boy, this is a big fucking thing that I got to eat. Taste wise, it was a solid, pretty good. It looked really shitty, but it was definitely above a cafeteria burger. That's what I was worried and, about. Uh, was like, also from that like metric, it was well below a shitty burger that you can get at Round One, which is a Japanese arcade um, slash bowling alley. But again, that could also just be the environment that you're around. Like, <laughs> I fucking love those burgers, and they're awful. But like. I, it might just be because I'm happy and like can play Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm while drinking a very large Kirin Ichiban. <laughs> um, ketchup really elevates it. Uh, I don't really remember what that means. I guess I put ketchup on it and tasted much better. It might even be required. Would be better <laughs> with a beer or a soda. So I guess this night I, did, I only had water, which, uh, you know, it's more my fault. The tomato was unnecessary. One of those burgers that was too tall. To get like a good, you know, a bite out of it, yeah. Of it. yeah. Um, the bacon is solid. Um, not sure if there are any onions, which there should be. Um, and then as I was typing that, I said, might be tasting an onion right now, though. <laughs> so that is my review of the Wawa burger. I think I went back and got another one. And yeah, it's a solid like, oh, I don't feel like having a meatball sandwich or I don't feel like getting a hoagie. Uh, oh, what see. can I get tonight? I'm burnt out on everything. I'll say, ah, fuck it. I'll get the, uh... although now they have tacos. I saw that. I saw I will leave that. tacos for next season, but the more important side note is that I also ordered a side of fries from Wawa, and the, the fries are like a solid side that I have been just ordering in and of themselves when I'm at a Wawa just because they're, they're really good. The only thing is the portion size of those is way too small, but the seasoning oh, okay. is really, really solid. I've never so. had those either. I, the thing is, like, there's something about, like burgers and fries specifically that only a place that specializes in burgers and fries can do them right <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so i see wawa honestly, they're like i love wawa but i'm like you're not a burger and fry place that's not what you yeah. do honestly not the worst though I, I i recommend trying it maybe not get the double cheeseburger just go with the regular one definitely get the bacon and uh yeah it's not it's not the worst all right the, you. Good. what would you give it out of five uh i would give it uh i'll be generous i'll say three out of uh three okay. game paddles out of five all right i like it yeah it's pretty good fries though it's solid four to 4.5 mainly just because it's really nice to have a different side they're not like the best fries in the world but like the convenience of them at a wawa oh, okay good. fair enough how about you alex what did you think of the burger i thought it was all right <laughs> yeah it's pretty good the bun was good oh yeah the bun was what, pretty good. was it that was the other thing i was wondering about because like that's another thing that i feel like only a burger place can do right is a bun like a bun you know what i mean a good bun is a good bun so i was curious i was curious about that it tasted like a little a bar above like a normal cheap bun i'd get it like, really i don't know like a grocery store or something maybe okay i mean i didn't write any notes about the bun so it was 
perfectly acceptable because if it was bad it I disappeared into the bird about it and if it was the best thing ever you know i would have probably mentioned that so. yeah fair enough indiscriminate bun Ind- indiscriminate bun. yeah indescribable yeah <laughs> that's a both yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's it for dirge of cerberus for me well what do you want to talk about next yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think we're done. Yeah, we'll see I think we're done. All so right. Yeah. Uh, big shout outs to Noby Noby Boy. Uh, Yo, actually, can we do a giant shout out right now? Yes, please. Yes, please. let us shout out. I'm going to say friend of the podcast, Shadimp, for teaching us how to play this game. And like, I would like to think <laughs> he is a friend of the pod. I would like to think so. <laughs> and also Dynamite Dan. Why not? And Dynamite, Dynamite Dan. Dan. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Like, he uh, just posted a like a speedrunning guide for this game. If you feel there's like- a speedrunning guide in our Discord right now, to come read it. Yeah, yeah. We might be doing mm. like a community. Everyone learn uh, this game <laughs> and speedrun it and see who gets a good time. Like a friendly competition yeah. thing. Like just don't even have to speedrun it. Just see how fast you can get to credits. Knowing what you know about the speedrun, yeah. you don't have to grind it. And we'll you know just compare because that's fun. It's yeah. I I feel like it's been nice because there's not the most information about this game online. Um, and having multiple people who like really know this game in and out kind of like hop in the discord and like interact with us has been like, it's been amazing. Indescribable. I know. <laughs> like, like, like actually indescribable how like lucky we are to have that. Yeah. Um, that's incredibly fortunate. So much appreciation to you all for that. Yeah. And I'm also just happy that this podcast led yeah. to other discoveries and un- undiscovered content in this game. Incredible. Too, so. Incredible. Yeah. Adding to the knowledge base of video games total that's incredible yeah, that's, video, that's video game preservation too because i it. mean as we've said like this season with the mobile games and stuff they just there's no way to experience them yeah like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's so awesome maybe there will be someday hopefully i do hope the lost chapter somehow gets like ripped yeah. and like emulated somewhere because yeah apparently you do need like an online connection to play some parts uh, of it and okay. things like that yeah hopefully you can watch it on youtube though with crummy like <laughs> resolution because it there's no way to video capture a you can't upscale that bad, bad boy to uh 4k <laughs> <laughs> so i guess it's time to take a break again um everyone's least favorite part but you know what it's a little necessary i feel like for us to just like take a couple weeks off to to chill so what we're gonna do is we're gonna read down the dirge of service metacritic page (laughs) (laughs) terrible overblown opportunistic nonsense (laughs) opportunistic huh dirge is an ugly cynical tiresome video game the likes of which the next video game generation will hopefully eradicate that's games tm oh i got bad news for games tm (laughs) yeah sorry it's back better than ever it's back and we found more information about it we've actually like (laughs) done the opposite of eliminate it and all the information we found points out that it is good (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, is pretty uh it has a 57 based on 51 critic reviews which isn't really surprising i mean all right everyone i know i've joked a lot and said you need to give us five star reviews take all of that energy throw it out the fucking window and instead go to metacritic and up (laughs) fucking dirge of cerberus leave glowing reviews for a second there i i stayed away from the user reviews because that just like doesn't seem like seems like gamergate hell i was gonna say is there an individual uh it's a gamer score is there (laughs) is there a rating for non-critics on there a user score is a 7.9 7.9 okay there you go Oh, yeah, so, yeah, it is a game for the masses. This game is one of the best Final Fantasy games I've ever played, says ERB. I feel like, like I've played. I've, I've, these nuts destiny gives it a ten. These nuts destiny base. That's probably one of our listeners. Shout out to real. new fan of the pod, <laughs> new friend of the podcast. These nuts destiny. 
some guy gives it a two. It says, perhaps the single worst example of cutscene and gameplay segregation in history. What? Vincent and cutscenes can jump six stories and take down an attack helicopter without needing to reload. Vincent in game plinks away at foot soldiers and needs key cards. I mean, we already talked yeah, about Yeah, I mean, this. That's, that's a fair, like, assessment to make of the game, but I don't think that gives it, that makes it worth it, too. I mean, again, this person could have been 13 while writing it, like, you know. It's true. A lot of these are pretty bad. The highest rating is Ace Games. This game should not disappoint fans. It's different for sure, but it's also an excellent, well-executed shooter, which retains the elements of FF we all love. The complex plot upgrades EXP and even a chance to discuss chocobos if you find just the right girl to chat with. (laughs) (laughs) The girl reading this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I was going to give this a score, right, if I was going to review this, I would say that it has enough of some things but lacks in other things. And I think it has enough guns, but doesn't have enough blades. Uh, and you have to have a good mix of guns and blades. You know, you yeah, kind of were, put them there together. There were some blade guns. There were some blade game. guns. Blade guns, uh, 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 unquestionably cool. But <laughs> there were there were hints of trains. Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah, I guess there were hints of trains. That's true. But I think for a better game, you would need. You know, so an interesting thing: the the cell phones, the cell phones noticeably a lot of cell phones in this game it was the the style at the time um i noticed that there was no camera not a front-facing camera so there were no selfies in this game there weren't any which is kind of of disappointing i i I like it when there's a final fantasy game that has a selfie yeah i don't think shulk took that picture herself for the for the call screen (laughs) on vince's phone so i don't think it counts as a selfie but um i think for our next game we should play a game where a the main character wields a gun blade and B, at least for the beginning of it, trains play a big part. And what about? <laughs> I'm just gonna swing for the fences here. What if their the the main character's name had something to do with a the weather, like a, a weather, weather event? Perhaps. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. You've guessed it, folks. Curtis, tell them what we're playing next time. Final Fantasy Two. No, um, we're not playing <laughs> Final Fantasy Two. Uh, we're gonna play off underrated game. Too often underrated. Uh. But I think incorrectly so. So I'm excited to do a whole season. Much like the makers of this game we just played, they immediately went on to work on this game. It's the same team, actually. Is it really? Ooh, interesting. Oh, wow. Just hold on. Hold on. Dirge of Service and um, Redacted. But anyway, you know what game has gun blades? I made a character with a gun blade and a, a, a long train segment. That's right. Final Fantasy 13, baby! The misdirection! We're doing 13! <laughs> the misdirection! <laughs> Hell yeah. The, uh, the theme song for next It's uh, more like a gun season. butterfly knife, I guess. Alex, it's I It's like a big song. butterfly knife. <laughs> I got the perfect song for next season for the intro. It's just going to be me crooning on an acoustic guitar doing a cover of the song Lightning Crashes. Ooh. Oh, nice. Lightning crashes. Lightning crashes. Mother dies. <laughs> I've never played 13. I'm very excited to... Uh, have you play. not? Have you not? It's I, good. I, it, it came out on Xbox 360, right? Uh, yes. yes. 360 and then PS3. That was a big deal too, right? It was the first non-Sony exclusive, like, main series game for yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, so I think it's at that point... It's on Android? I, what the hell? I, I, I was just playing... Um, Is it on it Android? Because that means I can take screenshots. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think I had a 360 when we were playing this. I was just playing my older brothers. Yeah. Usually Halo co-op. So um, I never played it, uh, but I'm excited to. It's, I, I think it's really good. I, I think that um, 
it's so okay I'll, I'll give this away about it so we just did 10 relatively recently like a year ago or so right and you know, remember how 10 was very linear like it was just like walking down a hallway to the end of the game for the most part until yeah. the end 13 is also that way it's it's nice. another version of that um it's a lot louder and a lot faster if like if ff10 is like a folk music festival this is like a death metal festival it's going to be like yes, it's dude. in your face the whole time so like those like soft genuine moments between like titus and yuna or whatever like that's not in 13 13 is just fucking balls to the fucking wall <laughs> like most of the time yeah, um, i've started playing and i forgot just like it graphically holds up very well um it looks great like, is it it's a gorgeous looking game. And then I also just love kind of the aesthetic of this era where everything was very like kind of high fantasy with cyberpunk kind of injected into it. Yeah. yeah. And I forget the guy who, I think the guy who worked on 10 and 12, I forget the name, uh, Isamu Kami Kokuro. He worked on 10 for a lot of the like world design of like a lot of the city designs in 10. Yeah. And like, this is the one where I think 12 and this one were like the big ones where he kind of, let his kind of style shine i i think a big part of us going through 13 or at least for me is going to be comparing it to 10 um because i think those games share a lot in common um, they're very different they're, they're it's almost like if i gave you the skeleton of a game to two different people and we're just like make this game Right, and so like skeletons two, are pretty fucking cool, and skeletons are red. From what I know about it, it, does seem almost like a reaction to like maybe after twelve came out and like okay, let's try to capture the magic of ten again. Just kind of like yeah, a lot of the stuff like there's romance, there's like religious metaphors and stuff like right. that. Mm -hmm. There is a lore to thirteen that is so fucking deep and unnecessary. It's great. Okay, here's here's the one. This is one of the things I want to say now while we're in this season still and we haven't started 13 because i'm going to do this i highly suggest you both do this too because this is where we're gonna get a lot of our talking points from 13 is a game that brings in the idea of having a what do you call it a um uh, like a glossary right like there's an in-menu glossary where you can read about the enemies you can read about the areas you can read about the chapters i highly encourage you to actually read all of that every time like get to the end of where you're playing for the day or for the podcast stop and then read all the glossary inputs because nice. they're fucking wild because <laughs> like uh, and, and you know for listeners who don't know this the like catalyst for everything that goes wrong in the universe of ff13 is never mentioned in the game and never shown ever <laughs> like, like it's just Hojo. not a part of it like it's incredible so like Enjoy like deep ground. They do throw a lot of vocabulary at you that you're just supposed to know. It's not like yeah. Tidus who's kind of like supposed to kind of learn about the world. Everyone, in the there's world, no analog for us. Yeah, everyone in the world already knows what's happening, and you kind of have to kind of figure it out real fast. LC, falsy, we'll see. Cocoon pulse. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be. It's a lot of words. That that first episode is gonna be text heavy. A chonky one. A chonky one. But I am. So excited Super to go excited. through 13 with y'all. I'm going to get my, uh, I'm going to go look on eBay for the Louis Vuitton series that they do. Oh, with yeah. <laughs> yeah, they get real, real <laughs> with it. <laughs> We're going to open a Patreon just for this episode to buy yeah. us 
the Louis Vuitton <laughs> tie-in stuff, and then we'll close it. <laughs> Is that still available, I wonder? Almost certainly not. <laughs> Maybe on, like, Xbox 360. I feel like that shit is just... Lightning looks like Haley Williams in this. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. Actually, that, the pink leather jacket's sick as fuck. She is in the business of misery, I've heard. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's another thing, too, is that, like, I think, I'm pretty sure, before going into 13 again, that Lightning is one of my favorite main characters, because she's, like... She's another... A cool brooding protagonist. With She's a sword. the most of that, right? Because like, like, I'm so excited. Because people look at Cloud as being like a little dark and brooding, and then they like ramped it up for Squall to be dark and brooding, and then you have like some time without that, right? And then for thirteen, they were just like, how far down that fucking rabbit hole? Like, what if it was like Vincent plus plus? Like, yes, <laughs> what if dude, Vincent smiled even less <laughs> and was just <laughs> way more standoffish than like that's lightning and she, she fucking rules? I, I bet misogyny has a, a deal to do with maybe why this is so polarizing. Like, like it's not as cool oh, when a woman. Be, that's what it. I was thinking too. Yeah. Oh no! First, if anybody thinks that or thought that, a they are wrong. It's way more cool. But <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I'm like, thank yeah. God there can finally be a broody, uh, not like cis het male dude it's so great because she's also like a (laughs) bastard like as we like see as we go through the game because like you know squall's dark and brooding but you're like well at least he has like good or neutral intentions toward everybody (laughs) and then like we play as lightning we're like oh she is an asshole i love her she's great (laughs) (laughs) just solve all problems through violence always like always choose (laughs) violence well i'm excited i'm excited too so FF13. I think it, it's funny because like, the, oh, actually, this episode's coming out this Friday, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. So that means I can start playing it on stream and whatnot relatively soon. Same here. Maybe I'll do my first playthrough on stream. Go fave it on Steam and Humble Bundle because Square has sales all the fucking time. If you plan on playing along with us, I'll just go ahead and give you a quick heads up. I think the first episode is going to be a lot of like history on the game and we'll probably go up to like the first save point. So not real far into the game, like it's only like a minute or two of actual playing, but there will be enough to talk about because we'll, you know, we'll go over some of the battle system and whatnot. So it'll just be the intro of the game, I think. Save systems back, baby. Save Save systems back. back. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah, same composer again. The music in this game rules. Oh, yo, the music. Blinded by light. Maybe the best battle theme in Final Fantasy. <laughs> so good. It's one of the ones where like it's so long and like because it's just like starts as normal battle theme and then once you're a minute in it like drops into that violin thing. Uh, the, like, the violin part is just every time it happens, I'm like, Ooh, it like, makes me want the battles to go longer. I know. It, yeah, it makes you want to fight longer because it's so good. It's incredible. Like it's up there with like it's like vying for top position is man with a machine gun and blinded by light is like the two best yeah. okay this game's only 16 bucks in the humble store so yeah there's no reason not to play it. yeah to so play it along with us we're gonna do ff13 thank you guys so much for hanging out with us during dirge yeah. Cerberus. really appreciate it thank you so much for listening absolutely and i'm sorry if you were hoping for another a different game yeah. some other game we'll with gun blades and uh trains we are we are contract contractually obligated to get to it someday so. that's right um, but and thank you guys for hanging out with me, Alex and Carl. Yeah, appreciate thank it. you, Curtis. Obviously, Alex has been putting in a shitload of work. Yeah, thank Alex more like, than anything. Yeah, yeah. There. Um, speaking of thirteen, there is no script for it, so I have been uh, transcribing it myself. <laughs> I, I love it. Like I, I think uh, king shit. I'm like creating automation like programs and shit to like do OCR. <laughs> like, the, the biggest chat. Twenty thousand screenshots of the like a playthrough. I, I think it's amazing that like before we started this 
podcast, right? Like, like the original idea of the podcast, right? We have like, okay, me and Carl talking to each other. I'm sorry, I hijacked your podcast. No, buddy. it's great. No, it's no, great. Thank I was, you. I was going to say the, the amazing thing about it is that like we were like, okay, and Alex doesn't really like hasn't played any of the Final Fantasies, and now not only have you played several. You've actually added to the total knowledge of the world base of like like there are people who like love these games have played every single one of them and are obsessed about them and you have done like infinitely more than any of us will ever do <laughs> for the world of it which is incredible. Uh, it's great. It's amazing. And I th- I think it's amazing. I think sometimes that like uh like when our you know friend of the show should dimple post in the um in the chat that they're learning more about Dirty Cerberus through our um podcast i think that's insane that is insane that like (laughs) we've been able to add to the the greater knowledge of these games i think it's fantastic yeah i recommend everyone to go to the livestream.net and hop in the uh dirge of cerberus ff7 research thread because there's some gold gets posted there i think a few threads were uh posted on you know behalf of us probably because we were talking about like the sviet colors and stuff and should have did the research on the naming conventions it's cool yeah yeah what a what a fun game to play that like nobody seems to have played. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and worth playing. So well, hopefully more people kind of play it after this. If you find a cheap used copy, go for it. I have uh, nothing else to say about any of that. How about y'all? Sorry, Gacked. Anything else you want to say before we leave? No. Nah, I might I might go and get another Wawa. I'm thinking about it. Burger. Like I'm thinking about it. I guess what we'll probably we usually take like a month off or something like that, a month or two. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah, figure it out. I'd say we'll, we'll catch us on our month, Twitter and stuff. Yeah, tentative. Once month. I've figured out, you know, album art. Yeah, <laughs> album art. Right, yeah. I may just do the Sharpie thing where, like, that viral picture of uh, a used copy of Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> this is like too much. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the cover for our for that season of the podcast. It's just that <laughs> for my girl in my world, love from Jamie XXX. We got to get that person on the pod. <laughs> I hope Jamie's doing okay. <laughs> I hope Jamie's all right. I hope someone bought that copy of Final Fantasy Thirteen. God, I mean, it, it has that, to be somewhere, right? That, like, like, someone I mean, has fuck. to have it. That's that's essentially just like an internet relic mm. now. So it's out there. Um, yeah, but uh, like the proto materia, it shows up exactly when you need it. To. Um, yeah, Alex, do you want to uh, run us through a nightmare sphincter? <laughs> <laughs> God, it's been so long. This is a long episode. Yeah. Thank you to Masashi Amuzi for the game music. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Rate us on Spotify. Um, it's in the season, so I mean, all this stuff will help. But yeah, I mean, we'll ha- we'll be wanting uh, you know more visibility when we start a new season, a new game, and all of that. Maybe this season we'll remember to introduce ourselves as if new people are listening, which they probably will be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, leave us a message or text us at 530 Materia. You can find us at EveryFNFF on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, at any of those uh, sites, you can find our linked tree, I think it is. Is it a link tree? Yeah. Link tree, you can find our Redbubble, which we have some uh, cool uh, merch up there from past seasons. I've been trying to think of fun things to do for this season. We got to do the uh, the Joy Division one. Yes, <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. Um, but yeah, you can also hop in our Discord from a link in that in there as well. And Omega and Chaos have returned to the planet. Thank you. It was you. You were the reason I podcasted. <laughs> Goodbye. Not that I mind, though. Yeah. <laughs> See you in Cocoon. See you on Cocoon. <laughs>
for breakfast?